truth is, I am a Jedi. I'm the vengeance. And I am Iron Man. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in, welcome on, and welcome back to a very special episode of The Direct Podcast. Everything you need to know about the universes you love. I'm Matt, that's David, and the reason we don't have our big fancy nickname intros because we are joined by two very special guests the entire episode. The two of our number one correspondents over the past few months, Klein's been on here 18 episodes over the past 30 days. Don't know how that happened, but it happened. <laughs> and Jack Pews, of course, we're talking about Star Wars. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give it up for the Reckless Boys themselves. Klein, Felt, and Jack Pews. Klein, how we doing, buddy? Doing well. Doing well. Taking it all in. It's been a fun, fun little while, actually, yes. over the last little bit. We've got Star Wars. Everything. Everything's happening. I'm just, I'm happy to be here. And I get to be here with, like, one of my best friends in the whole world. It's baby Jack Jack Fuse. I love him so much. <laughs> oh, thanks, Klein. Klein, are you awake right now? Are, are you am, okay? Are you functioning? I am, yes. I am on the I'm in limbo, I think. I'm somewhere in the there middle of awake and asleep. I did like a 10-minute power nap beforehand. Uh yeah. The last few days of why do we gotta do why do they have to take Star Wars celebration over to London? Like, come on. Like, still totally. these Brits have enough, okay? Yeah. Like They've they they've got all everything going on over there. Uh, the big band, soccer, the London Bridge, soccer, right? Like they don't need they don't need <laughs> their time. Can we or if they're gonna do it, can they at least like adhere to like Eastern or Pacific time, please? Like because us over here on the West Coast, we're struggling. Even <laughs> eleven a.m. for them is kind of early. I thought, man, let people wake up, get some lunch. Yeah, a nice seven p.m. eleven a.m. early. It's freaking, perfect. Ah, like you gotta get up. I mean, you know, you're waiting outside. I don't know how it all works, but I just feel like that's kind of. I don't know. I've been to a Star Wars celebration and the one in Orlando in 2017. It was the in terms of like traffic, in terms of people, mm-hmm. one of the worst experiences I've ever had in my life. It's yeah. worse than Disney. It's that's one of the insane. worst cities for traffic. Also, you know, there's oh, like God. three rows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Orlando has no idea what they're doing. It's terrible. It's terrible. Well, I mean, they have to know something, right? Because they make a lot of money, don't they? <laughs> Where is it next year? Celebration? It, I think Orlando. Istanbul. No, or it's not. Next it's year. A... They're skipping 2024. Wow. wow. Marvel style. It's because they dropped some movies. Exactly. We'll tease yeah. for later. Yeah, now they episode. can go away and cancel all of them and exactly. come back. Yeah, and right. More. Like, Patty Jenkins is back. <laughs> She's alive. She's alive. Where is Patty Jenkins? That's not the question we're here to answer today. The questions we're here to answer today are covering all the latest news from the universes you love. We're going to talk about Harry Potter. We're going to talk about Star Wars. Are they the same franchise? Many people argue that. And then we will be reviewing the newest box office sensation, the thing that will change animation forever, the Super Mario Brothers movie. We're all here the entire time, and let's start with the news real quick. If you want updates on all the recent trailers that have come out, Secret Invasion, Into the Spider-Verse, Barbie. Uh, What am I missing? Blue Beetle. I'm missing. Huh? Blue Blue Beetle. Beetle. Yeah. How could I have forgotten? How (laughs) How could I have forgotten Blue Beetle? Still there, but forgotten amongst many. That's okay. (laughs) Yes. Um, we break down all four of those trailers <laughs> as well as the Mandalorian chapter 22, Jack Pugh's favorite episode of the show so far. We reviewed that on last episode, so make sure to go check out episode 19 for all of that. But today, episode 20, we will talk about 
Harry Potter. Harry Potter is back, but not the way any of us expected. Here's the news, the long and short of it. HBO Max is near a deal to produce a Harry Potter series. J.K. Rowling's is being attached, not as any sort of like showrunner, but a consultant um, advisor. Obviously, you know, she is the creator of this universe. And the idea is at this moment, each season will cover a different book from the original Harry Potter series. That means at minimum seven seasons. Yes. This is a reboot situation. Yes, that means a new Harry, a new Harmony, a new Ron, a new random Harry Potter character. Dumbledore. Tungsley Shucklebolt. Lupin. <laughs> Lupin. I love Lupin. Um, it will be a full recast reboot situation. The idea, of course, being with an episode or season of television, you can cover more about the books. Jack, you are probably our biggest Harry Potter fan, um, as far as the books go amongst this group, how do you feel about the Harry Potter franchise being rebooted on HBO Max? This sucks. Like yeah, I, I hate it because genuinely, I know some people might think this is taking it too far, but I don't think it is. This is like saying they're going to turn the original trilogy of Star Wars into a TV show. Like that, that's how important, like it's not the same level that the original trilogy was, but those original, I guess, technically eight movies of Harry Potter are so near and dear to a lot, a lot of people in my generation. Um, the books, of course, too. It's just, I understand the, the reasoning of like, Hey, the books are incredibly long. We can, now that we're doing a TV show with multiple episodes, we have the time to maybe explore some things that we didn't get to in the movies and, and touch on this and touch on that. Um, just, I mean, I think of something like prisoner of Azkaban where they left out a lot in that movie and that's one of the best movies though. Um, and so I get, I get that reasoning, but I also just go, why? Like, I don't want to see anyone else in those main three roles than the ones we already got. Like, like those are my people. And then, I mean, how is this going to work with, like, I think about, uh, if they recast Harry Potter, like you go to universal studios in Orlando or Hollywood. And it's like, you see a different Harry Potter. It's like, I don't know. It's just, it's not going to be necessarily confusing. It's just, it's just kind of dumb to me. Um, so I, I'm not very hyped about this. They're trying to do the Percy Jackson thing, but Percy Jackson di didn't have good movies. So yeah. there's a little bit more of a motivation <laughs> there. A respectable take from a respectable man. Klein, your thoughts on the idea of this iconic movie franchise being rebooted as a series on HBO Max. I just don't know who this is for. Right, like I don't know, mm. I don't know why this this was the course of action that Warner Brothers decided to take with the franchise. Like, there's been all these reports and rumors in the last few months, basically since what was the last Fantastic Beast movie called? Secrets of Dumbledore. Yeah, basically I think since so. that came yeah. out, there's been all these reports. Back. Trash. Last all spring. these reports coming out of we want to do something with the Wizarding World. We want to do. We want to figure out what because it is a cash cow. Like <clears> we want to figure out what we can do with it. Does that mean buying J.K. Rowling out? There's rumors that that was pitched, and I can't yeah. imagine what that number even looks like. Oh, um, you don't want to know. Bad human, good for her. I know. Um, I just I don't know who is that. Who is that? I don't know who is asking for this. I cannot tell you. You you have you have four different Harry Potter style fans here, right? Like I'm an old fan. I haven't been a fan in a long time. Jack die hard. And none of us are going. Oh, this sounds cool. Yeah. Like that's I, I like that's that that should be the testament, right? 
and I'm I'm kind of like un, I'm unimpressed, honestly. I'm kind of looking at Warner Brothers going, what what's the what's the deal? I know there's been talk of like maybe this is being used as like a bargaining chip. Like they're basically putting mm-hmm. it out there so that the act the actors that we do know and love will come back for a ninth movie. I feel like this is a big, I don't know, a, a multi-million dollar bargaining chip that uh shouldn't be like put out there like that because if they don't, if if those actors don't want to come in and do a ninth film, then you're stuck making this thing probably, and I can't imagine that's going to be any good. So, yeah, not very impressed. I don't know what they're doing. If I yeah. could jump in here real quick, David, just to kind of go off that real quick because I agree. The who's this for thing? I I think about it like from my perspective. I have been to every single midnight release of a Harry Potter movie in theaters in my life. My stepmom used to drag me to them when I was a kid. And then, of course, eventually I wanted to go to every single one. Back when they released movies at midnight, Jack, you might not understand what that means, but we used to have to line up and go see this thing like late into the evening. Um, Man 3, baby. That's right. That's right. That's a good movie. Um, My thing is like I'm such a huge Harry Potter film fan. I'm like. I'm obsessed with those movies. Like one of my most rewatched franchises, probably just behind the Fast and Furious franchise. Like they are such a big part of my life um, during the DVD era. You know, it was all Harry Potter for me. And I already confront, not confront, but I run into book fans all the time who do not respect my Harry Potter fandom because I didn't read the books. How could I possibly you know, be able to appreciate or depreciate the movies in an accurate kind of way. One kick rocks with that Two, It's already such a divided thing between the transit, not transitional, like, like the iconic book series that like changed literature in the 21st century, the Harry Potter book series. And then the movies that, you know, there, there's some bad ones. Sure. But like was such a successful adaptation, you know, on the level of Lord of the Rings, maybe not like as far as like, critical acclaim but like those movies crushed all the time forever and so many iconic characters have been like imprinted in our brains because of those movies adding another medium to this exact story is only going to divide it more i don't understand if that gamble is worth the payoffs which of which there are many. You can finally cover things that weren't in the book. You can, you know, expand in more detail on different characters, like a Jenny Weasley, who is just pushed off to the side of the movies. And it's just, it's, it's really is just a weird way to go. But at the end of the day, I think J.K. Rollins has all the cards, and this is the best option for, you know, a situation where she is not going to get bought out because she knows there's much more money to be made. So um, that's just my two cents on the matter. Uh, David, your thoughts on the Harry Potter HBO Max series. HBO Max running away with this IP TV thing. You know, yeah. do, you, do you have any hope here? Um, and it'll be interesting, too. It seems like... Uh, like the, the report says that this could be announced at the upcoming, I think, investors meeting for Warner Brothers Discovery, which would then also it would be a part of them announcing what that new streaming series is. And this would probably be like a mainstay of that. I get them wanting to do a Harry Potter series like that per- makes perfect sense. David Zaslav, you know, Klein alluded to it earlier, really wants to put these main pieces of IP Superman, for instance, right? We have James Gunn covering that Harry Potter, you know, these things that the company owns that has so much value to them really utilize them or, or maybe milk them a little bit like we see Sony with Spider-Man. Um, I'll watch it. 
I'm not I'm not that offended by the idea of it. I I would tune in, um, especially as someone who never watched the movies until I was an adult and I really enjoyed them when I did. I don't have like a ton of nostalgia towards the films. There's not really this like deep connection. Um, and I I honestly I would watch. Um, I would be interested. I disagree with I think what everyone's been kind of saying. It's it lacks creativity, you know, like Hogwarts legacy, the game, that's very creative. That's smart, you know. Make it a prequel. You're still at Hogwarts. It's still this like very familiar thing. But then all the characters are different, you know, and there's some connections, but it's not like just redoing it. You know, it's too premature, I think. Give it another 10 years, then do that. Um, I get the idea of wanting to expand it out and go deeper. And that's what fascinates me. That's why I would watch because I think it would be interesting to kind of see what they change. And by the way, moving at moving out of this topic a little bit. But just can you imagine the pressure put on the actors and actresses? Oh, and that they're going to be, be young, right? Like you th- think th- about th- it, they're going to be yes. They're going to be twelve years old, maybe when they come in. And I, yeah, I can't. That's honestly a big reason why I don't see this. Ha- I can't even. I can't even fathom that. Like you're the new Harry Potter. Good luck. No way. I. I, I just don't. I honestly, I'm not. And then you run into happen. a situation where over however many years, right? Seven years. You're going to run into a situation where halfway through, one of them is going to go, "I can't do this anymore." Yeah, yeah, and, and walks and, away. And that's the thing. You have to do this yearly, because like yep. you have to do this once a year. It can't be Game of Thrones where we wait two years. These are kids that you are specifically saying we're going to look at every little detail in the books. If you're going to do every little detail in the books, we need seven years of every little detail in the books. You either Lord of the Rings this shit, or you get like a really hard clad Deshaun Watson type contract where nobody can get out of it, and everybody's mad. One question I had was, I wonder if physically Hogwarts would look different or like the whole world itself, because since the movies came out, we talked about Universal, Hogwarts Legacy. It's it's all based on those films. And that's literally how you go to Universal and you walk into the Wizarding World. And it's exactly from the movies. Are they going to Harry Potter? Right. Yeah. Like what the movies swells visually identified. They visually built like what that the language of that world is like Daniel and still Radcliffe are by the is way. Harry Potter, right? Mm-hmm. You read the books and you see Daniel Radcliffe because of those films. Like they are just as iconic, if not more than the books. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't know who's more screwed, the Harry Potter actor or whoever gets cast to play the next Tony Stark. I die. Rest. We're going to move in to a galaxy far, far away. Boys, it's time. It's time to talk about Star Wars celebration we talked about a few ways to go about this basically there's six big announcements we want to cover but really there's a seventh a weird seventh announcement that you know we've kind of been waiting for for a long time i don't know if i'm more or less confused than i was before it came out but we have a new and official timeline in the star wars universe Something we've been waiting for for a whole time. Guys, I love nothing more than a line with logos on a projector screen. It's one of my favorite things in the world. And uh, Star Wars gave it to us. Of course, because it's Star Wars, it is not easy. You have to start in the middle and work your way out. But for this practice, for this exercise, for this discussion, we're going to go in chronological order of the uh, Klein 9. Nine. nine nine eras nine eras of the star wars universe and real quick shout out to the man Klein felt an amazing breakdown on all of these eras over on the direct.com this is where i got all of this information Klein, please feel free to jump in and correct anything i say or add anything i have not 
included we start with one of the newest eras that has not been touched in Star Wars lore, the Dawn of the Jedi, set 25,000 years before the events of Episode 4. BBY is the nerd way to uh, define a Star Wars era. And with this announcement of this new era came the announcement of a new movie, a religious epic covering the tales of the first Jedi and the discovery of the Force brought to you by Jimmy Mangold. Yes, that James Mangold, the director of Ford vs. Ferrari, the upcoming Dial of Destiny, and of course, Logan. I heard myself. Klein, I want to start with you. Dawn of the Jedi, James Mangold, the beginning of the Force. How excited are we for this chapter of the Star Wars world? This is really cool. This is something that as a Star Wars fan, I never thought I was ever going to get and never thought I really needed. But the second it was up there on and they were standing on stage talking about it, I was sitting there going, yeah, what what was the what was the story of the first Jedi? And what does that world even look like? Right. Is that before all the technology that we know about Star Wars? Is that before droids? Is that like, what is, we're going to get a lightsaber in this thing. I guarantee you, we're going to get the first first lightsaber, lightsaber, right? What does that even look like? And I just think that is so cool. This is going to be something that has the potential to redefine the visual language. We're talking about visual language with Harry Potter, redefine the visual language of Star Wars and potentially launch a whole new spring off point for stories to tell within this universe i think it's so cool i think james mangold he's proved himself he's an amazing director i think that this announcement particularly is a huge vote of confidence for the upcoming indiana jones movie because Mm -hmm. if lucasfilm watched that thing and said this is trash they would not be giving him a star wars movie about the first jedi uh but yeah this sounds awesome i'm i'm in i'm in little stock market take there by klein i love it it makes a ton of sense jack as our guest i want you to go next the first jedi how do you envision this story working out? Gosh, I don't I don't even know where you would start. Uh, but I will say this. This is everything I've ever wanted from a Star Wars movie. Um, when Benioff and Weiss were initially attached to do like a trilogy back in, I don't know if it was like 2016, 2017, then they left. Um, the rumor was that they were going to tell a story like this, like about the first Jedi, the, the, the origins of the Jedi and the Sith and whatnot. Um, obviously that didn't pan out. Uh, but ever since I heard it, I was like, oh my God, I need that. Because my favorite thing about Star Wars is the force, the Jedi, the Sith, uh, everything that has to do with that is my thing. If it, when it comes to Star Wars, that in, always grabs me. Um, and the fact that James Mangold's over here talking about how like he's using Ben-Hur in the Ten Commandments movies from back in like the 60s as like inspiration. And this Earlier is going to be a biblical epic. Ben Hur, I think, was 60s. Ten Commandments was probably earlier than the 60s. But either way, and by the way, it's Easter weekend. It go check out those movies, even if you're not a religious Mario person. Those movies are fantastic. Rolled <laughs> 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 uh, away the stone and said, "It's me. It's me." Okay, now I kind of want it. Remake, yeah, remake right? the Ten Commandments. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. But yeah, and the, apparently this was uh, Mangold's idea. Of, like he he was telling Kathleen that he's like, maybe I'll do Star Wars, maybe I'll do Star Wars. And he had this idea. They talked about it with Dave Filoni and other producers, and like, let's do it. And twenty five thousand years before the Skywalker saga, I mean, there this, as you said, Klein, this could be the start of something entirely new. This could be a new saga, it could be a new trilogy. But let's just focus on the first movie, getting it right. And I trust James Mangold with my life at this point. 
Love that for you, David. Uh, Kat Kennedy taking care of her own here with James Mangold. Could this be like the most serious Star Wars movie we've ever gotten? Yeah, speaking of the tone, like it could be. And I think what is most fascinating about this film's announcement is that it is not connected to anything else, which normally these movies or TV yeah. shows are in some way, right? The other two today, very much so connected to stuff we've already seen. This is going to be like, hey, like you said earlier, may not be any. I hope there's not. I hope it feels ancient. I hope it feels old. I hope it feels like desolate. You know, I hope it's like a small film. I hope it's like a low budget. Like, I hope it's no ships, no nothing. I hope it's on one planet, you know, Dagobah. <laughs> yeah. around, the first Jedi know. Temple. Uh-huh. What What happens if it's like a, I don't know. There's so many theories. Like, well, is it going to be a human? <laughs> is it going to be like an alien? It's going to be like Yoda or something, you know, like who is the first Jedi and who does he interact with and how does he figure it out? And uh, there's so many questions, but I love this idea. I love this. It almost feels like an Elseworld Star Wars yeah. story, you know, even though it's just set way in the past, you know, imagine the, the movie opens. It's like a long, 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 long time, long. time ago. Galaxy far, far away. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just pans up and it's this guy sitting in a cave. I love it, man. I, I think this could be awesome. It's cool that uh, Mangold said he's writing this and Swamp Thing right now at the same time. It's like, wow. This guy's and he's about life. to direct that uh, the biopic of was it Bob Dylan with yeah, Timothy Chalamet? Chalamet. Dude's oh, got is a he lot really? Long, yeah. long time ago. Wow. Galaxy far, far away. So considering that too, how he's like just writing it, and he didn't know if this swamp thing was gonna come first. This feels like this could release in the next decade. I don't, I don't know, but I love the idea, and I hope, I hope it sticks. Jack, you had something, sir. Yeah, I just wanted to highlight that the description of the movie. Um, the first Jedi to wield the force and harness it as a liberating power in an era of chaos and oppression. That makes me actually think that it's going to be some kind of like, like I genuinely think of Moses and the slaves and, and leading them yeah. out of Egypt and stuff. Like, oh, this is so good, I, man. In, in terms <laughs> of seriousness. So cool. Yeah. I think this might be the most serious Star Wars movie we ever see. Yeah. How did Moses part the Red Sea? The force. <laughs> the fucking force. <laughs> the fucking force, man. James Mangold, here we go. Uh, the dawn of the Jedi. And then we move into our next two eras. And I have questions here, okay? The next two eras are the Old Republic and the High Republic. I could be wrong here, but my idea of it is the Old Republic is when the force is kind of established. The Jedi are a species, religion, cult, whatever it might be. The Jedi are a people. Um, much like Asgard, and they begin their policing of the galaxy, uh, uh, keeping the peace between good and evil, finding the balance mm-hmm. of the force. That's the beginning of the Old Republic. And then the High Republic is supposed to be like the Jedi at their peak, like dominating yes. it. What is the difference between these two things, Jack or Klein or David or whoever has these answers? Klein? So the Old Republic has never actually been explored in canon yet which is very, very cool. The Old Republic was something that was actually video games were the Mm -hmm. ones that kind of brought it to popularity back in the early 2000s. There was Knights of the Old Republic 1 and 2. And yeah, that's kind of the way that I've read it, that they're interpreting it, is the Old Republic is going to be kind of the the formation of what we know is like what, what ends up becoming the high Republic and seeing them at their peak. It's kind of them putting the pieces together after they've discovered the force and organizing. But I'm, I want to know what this means. Like, I want to know 
why are we defining this? And we have nothing in it yet. So that's exciting. That's really cool. There's been talk of a remake or they announced it, a remake of Knights of the Old Republic. And then that studio Mm -hmm. is now like floundering. So we don't know if that's ever going to come, but is that going to be canon now? Are you making those stories canon? That's it's, it's really cool. And there's a lot of potential here. And I want to see what comes of this. Jack. I think this is where also like a lot of the Jedi legends and Sith legends too come into prominence because I think mostly throughout the old Republic um, or maybe it was during the old Republic is it was before the rule of two. So like there's a big, there's ideas of big Jedi armies and big Sith armies. And this is where they had a lot of their battles. And by the time the high Republic comes around, there are certainly enemies out there and whatnot, but the Sith, I mean, the Jedi are at their peak also means the Sith are at their weakest and pretty much non-existent to the Jedi. So I think that's also where you get a lot of these old Jedi and Sith wars. It's also probably where you get a lot of Jedi versus Mandalorian wars that we've heard about uh, Uh throughout different Star Wars projects. So uh, there's so much you could play around with in the old Republic and obviously the high Republic, they've been doing a whole like publishing initiative behind that with different books and comic books. Um, and the acolyte will be the first thing we see on screen from that. Yeah. What David, I, I was going to say, so I, what I found annoying about actually that timeline they put up was how everything visually was so next to each other. Like each era was like budding with the next one. Whereas in reality, if you want to get more visual, which I'm like a visual learner, 100%, like the, the dawn <laughs> way over here. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah. by the way, you know, Old Republic, I, it, maybe they could change it, right? Because like we said, canon and stuff. Old Republic's like thousands of years before, um, you know, episode one, let's say. And the High Republic is what? A couple of hundred years before? No, High Republic yeah. is that. Well, it, the it's High close. Republic I mean, it's a whole a few thousand years. Right. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Because yeah. yeah. from my understanding, the High Republic more fluidly then leads into Acolyte and then leads into Phantom Menace, essentially, you know, yeah. just yeah, kind of right. make things simple. The way that this timeline works is like, I guess the High Republic basically goes all the way up until Phantom Menace, I guess, technically starts because they discover Anakin and that's basically the birth of Anakin Skywalker is where they move into the next era, which is follow the Jedi. I and guess. Speaking of Phantom Menace, isn't the rule of two originated in the old Republic? I could be wrong about that. Yeah, I think that's Darth Bane is the guy who started that all. And I think that was in the old Republic. And time. like Sidious keeps that up. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a bunch of prequel dialogue from probably Liam Neeson about this stuff? <laughs> right. Um. The Dave Filoni I don't know. thing where like the idea is implanted in a prequel and then Dave Filoni expands on it. I don't know how much prequels. I'm not sure. I know the thing about Darth Bane, that was obvious. That was all legends. But then in Clone Wars, there's a brief scene where Yoda kind of like talks to the spirit or ghost of Darth Bane. And he's like, created the rule of two, you did. And that's kind of where we got the canon confirmation of that. But besides that, I don't know how much actual like dialogue there is explaining. Yeah. Some of this old Republic stuff. Because that High is Republic's canon. like brand new. Mm-hmm. They yeah. just came up with High Republic. Books, yeah. A couple of years ago. Yeah. yeah. They just well, started a this lot whole of people thing. thought yeah. the High Republic was to replace Old Republic stuff. A lot mm-hmm. of people thought, oh, this is going to be their take on the Old Republic. And now that this is up here on the timeline, it's like, okay, like Miss Kennedy, that's, you've got some explaining to do. That's why I'm confused. Why are they two different things? Why isn't it just the High well, Republic? Well, they're going to tell us, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Now, Somebody, I don't remember who it was. Somebody said something. There's a bunch of Jedi Mandalore shit that we've been talked about, talking about a for a long history. time. Yeah, yeah. This could be like OG Mandos versus OG Jedi's in a very oh. big cinematic 
Lord of the Rings kind of way. I God, think I that so. if if the old Republic is a blank canvas, let's fill it with something we're at least tangentially familiar with and give Nathan, Nathan Johnson like all of his flowers because because he <laughs> wants this to be a single vision kind of thing. I think that could be the vision um, within the High Republic, though, is a new series coming on Disney Plus next year sometime. It's called The Acolyte. This is one that has been announced for years now, and we finally got some updated branding. Um, a trailer was shown uh, not to the public, but to the people over at Star Wars Celebration. Here's the idea. Roughly 100 years before Phantom Menace, so 100 years before Are You an Angel? And um, it's it's a Sith-focused, it's a Sith-focused show. So our first villain-driven Star Wars property in a, in you know, movie kind of way, at least. And there's going to be a Wookiee Jedi. David, uh, the Acolyte, you know, we finally are getting some bits and pieces of it. How excited are we for the Sith show in the Star Wars universe? Oh, I'm excited. You know, I would have loved to see that trailer. I didn't see the leaked one. I didn't watch it. Um, I'll, I'll watch it whenever it comes out officially. But uh, I think so. Everything leaked. Yeah. Now. It's all out there. Yeah. I'll watch that shit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It sounds great. I mean, I think the Acolyte, since it was first announced, was something that was like, ooh, this is interesting. This is new. This is different. Based on the footage, though, I loved how they kept it saying there were so many lightsabers, <laughs> like so many Jedi. I was like, yeah. All right. Sign me up for that. Um, I think it's going to be cool. I'm curious. Acolyte's another one where it seems like this is going to be maybe the payoff for all these comics and books. And I haven't read a word of something out of the High Republic, if I'm being honest. I have not touched it because it just it piled up so quickly. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Um, but I wonder if this will be like the payoff for people that I have been reading it and if what this will lead to, you know, because everything else you can kind of see, right? The Acolyte from the beginning has been like, okay. We're going to do this one series, but is this going to branch off? You know, this is kind of we're getting close to prequel territory. Who's going to pop up? So I'm very curious, but I'm excited that we're going to get a force driven show. That's exciting to me because it's really the first one we've had. Like Obi-Wan kind of, you know, there, there's there's some there, but not really, really in this way. Yeah. 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 Totally agree. Jack, all of the lightsabers, just every lightsaber bit. <laughs> Give it to me. I think this is going to be essentially Andor uh tone but with lightsabers with the force with jedi with sis with sith um yeah I, there was also i think it was leslie headland described it as frozen meets kill bill yeah, yeah. what does that mean like it's, i don't know i mean frozen well, i imagine about, some like, sister being, relationship yeah frozen really relationship yeah. driven okay. okay yeah and then what, we're kill killing bill. each other <laughs> well with martial arts they've also described it as like basically like a samurai movie Love it. I'm in. Mm. And and Headland also said she was inspired by Kurosawa movies, which inspired George to make Star Wars. Um, but yeah, I read the trailer description. Um, it sounds so cool. Like martial arts, the the darkness of it. I love that we're seeing the villain's perspective, especially during this time, because the Sith are the underdogs. And technically, the Jedi don't know that the Sith are out there, at least by the time the Phantom Menace happens. Um, so I'm curious to see how they're gonna walk that line, if they're gonna walk anything back. Um, there's one quote from the trailer and I do want to say what it is because I think it might summarize like kind of the idea of the show. I don't know if this is 100% accurate because uh, I saw some different wor- verbiage out there, but this is about power and who is allowed to use it. Mm-hmm. And I can just picture some Sith master saying that about the Jedi just so like a scumbag. And I, God, th- this sounds so cool to me. Behind Ahsoka, this is my most anticipated series. Um, and I just love the intrigue of it all. And they have a, a crazy good cast, crazy good crew, directors behind it. Well, not directors. I don't think they've announced that. But just everyone behind it, the executive producers and whatnot. Um, I think we might see something pretty damn original here. 
Klein, is Daphne King, you know, ready to use this power? Yeah, yeah, she is. I saw an interview with her yesterday at Celebration, and she was like, I'm so excited. They handed me the lightsaber. I got so- she, she she has grown up. She's playing an alien. She was very excited about that. She's like, I'm an alien. Um, I, this show is going to be, I think, this is going to be, I think, the darkest Star Wars show that we've gotten. Um, there's been talk a while ago about it being a potential love story. What I'd be fascinated in is if it is a Sith Jedi love story, because we've never seen that. Yeah. And we know that the Jedi don't necessarily know the Sith are around by the time the prequels come around. So that means someone is not making it out of this series that we will connect with immediately, which mm. sucks. Mm. Um, but I'm I'm amped for this show. I think that it's going to be awesome. And last point, no volume, which it's got my vote of confidence. Bless. We're out on volume. I, I do want to add, I think this show is going to serve as that transition between the High Republic era and sure. the fall of the Jedi era, because I think this is where it all starts to kind of fall apart for the Jedi. Which is why it's interesting to me we're getting introduced to this first. You know what I mean? Like Because like yeah. the Old Republic being this blank slate we're talking about here, it's interesting to me we're going to cap it even more than it already is, the, the perpetual problem with Star Wars. We're going to tell a story, but everybody knows how it ends. And and that's mm-hmm. tough to do to even push that goalpost forward a little more is quite interesting to me. A Romeo and Juliet Star Wars story. I agree, Klein. We've never seen a Sith Jedi love story because just because they kiss at the end of the movie doesn't mean it has to be a love story. I think it was romantic. Team Ray Whatever, Lowe. David. Um <laughs> We move in. <laughs> we move in to um, our first familiar era, an era that is very defined. It's very succinct. We all know exactly what happens. It's the prequel era, the fall of the Jedi. This includes Star Wars Episode One, Episode Two, all of the Clone Wars, and then of course Star Wars Episode Three. Jack, you like how I put Clone Wars in between two and three? There, yeah, I love you it, Matt. I'm so proud of you. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. It's it's uh, the end of the Republic. The rise of the empire, and of course, Order sixty six, which is the wiping out of the Jedi. Um, very uh, House of X, uh, you know, five percent of mutants are left on the world, kind of thing, because that's kind of how it's popping up at this point. And that's the fall of the Jedi. No new projects announced in this era. I don't think that there needs to be. There's so much already covered between the show and the movies, and it's constantly being expanded on by. Dave Filoni. And this moves us into the reign of the Empire. This is that gap between the prequels and the original trilogy. Again, no new um, shows or movies announced in this time, but here's what we already know. It's the Bad Batch solo Star Wars story, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Rebels, Andor, and Rogue One. We did get an update, Andor Season 2. A trailer was shown. It looks dope. Trust me, we will be covering Andor Season 2 heavily here on the direct podcast we then move into the age of the rebellion which long and short the original trilogy it's what four years four years four years but hey that's what david's point about the whole like visual learner and we have the twenty five thousand years ago (laughs) and we have the high republic which is a few thousand years long and they're all represented with the same like little dot and so it's like very confusing to look at like this is four years some of them are 10 some of them are twenty five thousand. like it yeah it's all over the place Mm mm-hmm I'll say this about a whole era being four years. I wish they tell you it's the glory days while you're still in them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we move into into that. (laughs) We move into the new Republic, and this is where it gets interesting, everybody. It's the Mandoverse. It's everything post-original trilogy before 
the sequel trilogy begins. We already are so familiar with this because we have two and a half seasons of The Mandalorian. We have the book of Boba Fett and then three new projects to come. We start with our sweet baby princess angel, our little orange queen, Ahsoka. The first trailer for Ahsoka has been released. I have to start with Jack Pews here, guys, because this is his favorite character. This is how he pitched me to watch animation. Jack, we finally get to see it. The Ahsoka trailer, basically the Rebel show. What are you thinking? We won, guys. We did it. We're here. I mean, like, I don't, I don't, I, I, the amount of victory I feel, I, a lot of my teams don't win. The Jaguars usually suck, except for this past year. Tiger Woods, I mean, dude can barely walk. Everyone made the cut today, though. He did make the cut. He's there. He's still going. Um, but I, I don't feel victory a lot when it comes to stuff I root for. But man, thank God they're doing this. Thank God they let Dave Floney just eat i'm so excited i mean and the fact that it's a technically just it's a rebel sequel series mm-hmm. it is and maybe they'll get their own spinoff who knows but seeing all these people in live action I, there's so much going on in this trailer by the way there's a ton like, i i was kind of it was like overload for me but I, i'm just to the moon with this 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 is my matt what wandavision was to you this is what ahsoka is to me i mean I, i'm here for it I don't even know what else to say. Um, besides, though, besides this, Ahsoka Tano and Dave, I should start with this. Dave Filoni, I think he's going to be messing with the timeline in this. That's all I'm going to say. I won't say anything more. Okay. All right. Way to, way to stay mysterious on a two-hour podcast. I appreciate that from yes, you. Sir. Fine. What could Jack have possibly meant by that? <laughs> I have no Klein, idea. Do you I mean, want to say that? Klein, no, come on. Ta- you know the word. Talk about like flashbacks and world between worlds and there some Mustafar go. stuff happening here and there. And I'm with you here, Jack. This is Rebel Season 5, baby. Like, I'm I'm ready. I'm here. I can't wait. Seeing all these characters pop up with live action made me squeal a little bit upon this trailer. And you know what? There's stuff in here that is totally on the nose. The heir to the Empire line is like that's cheese because that's cool Thrawn yeah Thrawn is from the heir of the empire legends books who cares like it's sick and we're here Thrawn is here I can hear our reckless rebellion co-host Thomas Carr Rochester squealing from across the continent but it's (laughs) happening and I can't believe it's real this looks awesome yeah it's very exciting stuff David um the second Mandalorian spinoff show like officially you know what I mean like this is this is a fruitful franchise do you think Ahsoka continues this momentum that we've been getting or do you think we maybe you know this is this a new chapter of the Mandoverse or the next chapter of the Mandoverse yeah Uh, I don't know I I guess the next one will because you know the later movie topic we're gonna be talking yeah we're gonna be discussing you know about all these things coming together this feels proper that we're getting an Ahsoka story you know a continuation of Rebels who's the guy with the lightsaber like who's the who's the villain we don't know. No there's idea. a few. There's today they talked about it at the Ahsoka panel actually, where there's kind of three villains. There's the the woman, yes, um, the blonde chick, who she's she's on top. She is directly under Thrawn, Thrawn. and then there's okay. two other people working under her. This man that you're talking about, Ray Stevenson, I think, is the actor. Yeah. Um, like Inquisitor kind of, of thing. Two. We don't know. He talked today about something Arthurian. Like that's like 
where he kind of took his character, like Knights of the Round Table sort of thing. My theory, Knights of Ren. I'm just putting it out there. I'm just just laying the seeds now. Let's, let's That's what Filoni does. Contextualize, contextualize. Oh, yeah. There, there's, there's also a thing about him that maybe him and that other blonde girl with the lightsaber like were Jedi who survived Order 66. Don't know what happened to him after that, but are now working for Thrawn. So, I, Klein, I... I would love it if it's mm. Knights of Ren. They've also they've already explored that a little bit in the comics, so I, they would. Pro- but yeah, you said Dave Filoni recontextualizing stuff, so I could see it. But his armor looks sick. Like talk about Arthurian. Like in the lightsaber too was like orange or, or kind of like helmet? in between. No, I haven't oh, seen that. They, from the Ahsoka panel today, they had a photo of them oh, standing it. with their stunt doubles, and it's very Inquisitor like. Ahsoka right. panel sounds like a Star Wars character. they share their species share first names i I know that was a joke you just made that would actually be really cool (laughs) um do you guys know where we know ray stevenson from his volstag from the movie thor nice that's awesome oh my gosh wow that was best i love i love when the warriors three just pop up in my life out of nowhere i saw this stupid shazam shazam sucks um ladies and gentlemen that has been ahsoka we're very excited um let me tell you something as somebody who just started watching rebels last week seeing sabine and Hera in live oh, action. Just, just wait, Matt. There's scenes that when yeah. you finish that series, they're going to recreate. I guarantee you, they're going to recreate the finale of Rebels in this series, and it's going to be or parts of it, and it's going to be awesome. Matt, part of the reason I was being mysterious, I, I did. I, I guess I can say world between worlds, but I don't want to get too much into what that is until you can see it in Rebels because I know you started it. So I'm, I'm trying to so kind. stay back a little bit on that. But yeah, I, I know mean, what it is, and I haven't seen a second of Rebels, but that's okay. <laughs> with Thomas. Sounds like more multiverse stuff, and I'm not sure that's something I need more of in my life. Well, that I know, and that's why I think there's a little bit of not pushback, but just a nervousness because we're seeing sure. a ton of that in in just fandom recently. So we'll see how we're going to talk about later today. <laughs> we're going to talk about multiverse a little bit. Um, I, I, it is weird watching Rebels knowing that I haven't seen one of the main characters in anything. <laughs> you know, um, there is a very very important character and rebels that has not shown up in any sort of live action anything and i really i'm just waiting for him to die at this point <laughs> and it's it's a little <laughs> shitty i'm not gonna lie um we move on from ahsoka into our new show within the new republic era again between the original and sequel trilogies the skeleton crew and yes. this is this this seems to be the most uh david you mentioned elseworld earlier this seems the most elseworld we thought until it was revealed during the trailer uh, that was shown again just for celebration, but the description came out online. Jude Law, he'd be a Jedi and he'd be doing Jedi shit. And it's very exciting. Uh, the only other thing we learned about this show, other than Jude Law will be a Jedi, is that we got a bunch of directors attached to this thing. I'm going to go bottom up here because it gets more exciting as we go. Um, Jake Schreider, who is directing Thunderbolts, can't find a single thing he's done, guys, other than music videos, but. You know, we've seen that work out in the past. Um, Lee Isaac Chung, David Lowry, who directed The Green Knight. People really like that movie. I never saw it. It's sick. Sick. Yeah. Um, of course, our queen, Bryce Dallas Howard. The Daniels. Ever heard of them? Um, the Hollywood darlings, the Daniels, the directors of everything everywhere all at once. And then our sweet baby princess. No, our sweet baby prince. Sorry. 
John Watts. John Watts is back in fandom and he will be directing and show running Skeleton Crew. David, I want to start with you because John Watts is your boy and you seem very excited about the show. I am very excited, man. Ever since John Watts was initially attached to this, Jude Law of it all, saying it's this group of kids like running away in the galaxy. And now knowing that Jude Law's character is a Jedi and can like protect them or lead them or whatever it's going to be, it sounds so much fun, you know? Um, this could be serious, but I'm hoping it's lighthearted in a good way, you know, not in a Lizzo Jack Black way. I hope it's just full of fun, fresh, exciting adventures, you know, and these kids are full of wonder, you know, more of the broom kid from The Last Jedi. I don't know. Um, I just want classic broom kid. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, no one forgets broom kid. I just think it could be a lot of fun. I I get the comparison to like a Stranger Things or something. I love that show. I know it's not going to be that, um, but I obviously love that series. And this is just a very different niche of Star Wars we've never seen, you know, focusing it around this group of kids. The the Jedi isn't really the main character, just kind of the main adult in the room, I suppose. And it just sounds like a delight. The the fact that I I initially thought it was going to be in a more actual like Elseworld timeline you know when they first announced that i didn't realize it was going to be like in this mandoverse which sounds right. interesting so i wonder where those connections are going to be because why would you put it here if you weren't going to connect in some way especially knowing where we're heading so i'm excited um i think jude law is going to be great in this role whatever his like name's going to be however his power is going to be whatever his background will be as well because obviously he seem seemingly he's a survivor um from order 66 so Yeah, I am very excited. The director's list looks good. It seems like a lot of people are, based on the creatives attached, a lot of people are excited about this and to work on this and that are working on this. And that gets me excited as a fan. It's good stuff. Uh, Jude Law's name will be Ahsoka panel. Klein, uh, uh, Jedi leading kids. I know it's not exactly the same. Rebels vibes a little bit, right? Kind of, yeah. And I'm getting, they have keep throwing the Spielbergian name around, which is like, that's like that's awesome. Like, give that to me. Goonies in space. Yeah, uh, I have Hell seen yeah. the leaked trailer and like it. I was excited, and then I saw the trailer, and I am amped. I am pumped and jacked. Like this is, it's from what I can tell. These kids they want to be space adventurers or want to get off planet somehow, some way, and end up running away from home. And it's basically Jude Law trying to get them back home and him leading the crew and them going on this intergalactic adventure i didn't know i ever needed goonies in space but they're giving it to me and i can't wait i can't wait jack the other day or when this was announced earlier i guess two days ago jack was like i've never seen the goonies and i said jack pews you need to sit down and watch the goddamn goonies because that is a movie and a half and you would love it I haven't seen it in like 15 years it's been forever like i used to watch an abc family Anyone else ever so see it on ABC Family? He used to always play on ABC Family. Anyway, VHS man never had to see it on ABC <laughs> Family. <laughs> Good call. Uh, the Goonies is a Jack Pew's ass movie. Mm. You know He's basically I mean? one of them. So I've been told. <laughs> Am I a Goonie? He's basically a Goonies member. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're one of those uh, Italian guys who they're chasing the old. The... <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> Now, next time on the Goonies in Review, right here on the Direct Podcast. Jack, um, another Jedi, another survivor of Order 66. Um, I guess I'll ask you, you know, the question that we really haven't approached. As we head toward a Mandoverse crossover, which is what we're going to talk about next, do you think that this places in well, or do you think it's more of an extension of a story we're already going to be told? Um, I don't think it's an extension. I kind of think it's its own thing. 
I, I mean, th- there have been rumors of how it's going to connect, but I, I really see this because this is a, an idea from John Watts himself. Apparently, he pitched it to John Favreau on the set of Spider-Man Far From Home, uh, which would have been a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Favreau just kind of found a way to place it in his universe and then tie things together. So I would expect like season one to kind of be its its own thing, and then as we kind of get further down the line. I mean, I know we're about to discuss it, but like, I wonder if this is like a one season type of show or will they and just mm. maybe continue it in some other shows or will, my question, will yeah. we get a second season season? Um, so we'll see. But but man, I'm excited. It, Jude Law being a Jedi. I wonder, you know, is he like an actual trained Jedi? Was he maybe just like some kind of kid who had the force and, you know, he just still has a force now as an adult. Jude Law is one of the most beautiful balding men I've ever seen. Uh, just guy rocks. Um, I like that. Yeah, I mean it, he he makes it work. He makes it look good. He also played Dumbledore. Shout out to Harry Potter. Who are who are the best looking balding men? Bruce Willis back in the day, of course. Oh, Bruce Willis was the guy for that. Uh-huh. Jude, Jude Law is really the only one that comes. <laughs> What'd you say? George you said George Costanza. Well, I mean, he's beautiful in a lot of different ways. <laughs> you know, maybe not. Beauty is not just external. Oh, I beautiful. What's up, Tom Hiddleston? There you go. That dude, Taylor Lydon's going back. Go yeah, go look at Avengers balding? 2012, man. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, he's he's got some oils in there trying to help gotta, him out. But you got to look outside of when he's got the Loki later. thing going on. <laughs> yeah. He will be getting plugs. He's too young to go bald. Did you guys know it was Tom Hiddleston's little brother in the last episode of The Mandalorian? Tom what? Hiddleston. Oh, my God. No, God damn it. Um, oh, Tom, Tom Holland. Holland. I'm thinking. Oh, yes. Yeah, Harry Holland was the alien. Harry Holland was the... The Romeo to that one lady's jewelry. Oh, like, oh my Chris God. Hemsworth was in The Mandalorian? Yeah, yeah, yeah he was. <laughs> <laughs> I got Hiddleston and Holland mixed up. Tom Tom Hiddleston. That's a fantastic pick for best yeah. balding man. I love it. Um, skeleton crew. Going to be cool. What I liked about this description that we got from the panel, uh, the, the kids were described as like a suburban crew. And oh, yeah. I, I love see that it in the trailer. I, yeah, if you see the trailer, they are in Star Wars suburbs. See, I love that because, like, I know that sounds silly, like on surface, but think back to Andor and old boy uh, with the shitty mom and the cereal <laughs> eating cereal. So, yeah, the cereal Karn. The cereal Karn. Um, yeah, you know, like like he was a middle class guy living in that city. You know what I mean? His like, mom we, was such a she's so mean man. <laughs> <laughs> like in Star Wars, we usually only see the elites or the most poor slaves in the galaxy, right? Like we got a middle class Cyril Karn and Andor. I like the idea of suburbia in space. I think it's going to be very cool. Um, that that's that universe building. I think these shows can bring a ton of value to. Is just not not even just different pockets, just like different neighborhoods of the galaxy. Almost, uh, it's very cool. And of course, this will all be. Coming together in a Mandoverse crossover film directed by Dave Filoni, Feige, Favreau, Filoni, Gunn. That is our religion here on the Direct Podcast. We trust everything they do. There's going to be a movie that crosses over The Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka, and Skeleton Crew. That's what we know so far. Those four will be crossed over in some sort of way. Um, this, This is a big one, guys. This means we do have a heading. John Favreau said we're just going to tell the story for the next 40 years and not ever have it ending. No, we're going to get, uh, as I think Klein coined it on the direct.com, Mando Endgame. And um, it's going to be very exciting. Klein, uh, what is the potential of a movie tying all these stories together when everything is being introduced as a series? 
it's I mean, that's kind of been the space. It's been the speculation for a long time is we've heard about this big capping event that they were leading to. And whatever John Favreau has to say, they were they kept they kept hinting at this big thing. And this is what is going to happen. It's coming to a movie theater, which is exciting. I think that that's what needs to happen for this. You need to show this is going to be a huge showing by Lucasfilm saying, hey, guys, like, look at basically the reverse of what Marvel did. Like, we can we are telling cinematic stories on TV and we're going to prove it to you by bringing these TV stories to the big screen sort of thing. I'm interested to see what this all means, especially I I don't know how everyone I know how Jack feels about the latest season of The Mandalorian, but it, everything's felt kind of wayward in a little in for a little while. And it was starting to feel like, OK, like, do we know when this thing is coming? Because you're leading to something, but it doesn't really feel like you're leading to anything right now. And I think now that it is on the calendar. It is we're going to really start seeing the ball start yes. to roll and roll yeah. and roll. And I hope this is the end. I hope that they do this thing and that's it. It's done. Um, I don't like the idea of this Mandalorian going on for 40 years. Sorry, John Favreau. This to me feels very Dave Filoni. I think there's a reason Dave Filoni is the one helming the movie itself is this is this feels like a Dave Filoni story, whereas I think John Favreau is very happy just telling these one off things for a weeks after weeks after weeks for the next 25 years. Yeah. yeah, which, you know, something we love. We've loved The Mandalorian so far, but it has been a little loose. Jack, does this kind of stabilize your ship a little bit? Or do you think that this is a power play? Because I do want to point something out here. The mid, quote unquote, mid-season poster for The Mandalorian released right before this news was dropped. And and so, you know, these next two episodes of The Mandalorian seem to be very related to this announcement. Does this kind of like, you know, get you back in your pocket a little bit with Mando or do you still have your concerns? I definitely still have my concerns. Um, I don't know if they really have to kind of blow me away with these next two episodes for me to feel great about this season as a whole. Um, we could get to just great episodes individually, but I, I think my issues would still stand. But like Klein said, it's nice to have a heading. I've been saying on Reckless Rebellion how I wanted them to cap everything with the Mandalorian in a movie. I want them to take this to theaters. And I don't think this will be the first movie to come out for the Star Wars like theatrical comeback. But in my opinion, it would be a smart business decision because you already have people psyched about Mando, Ahsoka, Skeleton Crew. It's like butts and seats immediately to see how this thing ends. But yeah, yeah, I think these next two episodes of Mando are going to focus heavily on setting this the stakes in, in the context for this movie up. And of course, with Ahsoka and Thrawn being back, um, it, it really is. They're doing the heir to the empire thing, uh, for the Thrawn trilogy of books from the nineties um, and telling the story of what happens after return of the Jedi. Was it all sunshine and rainbows or did yeah. shit go down? And, and apparently shit went down because you have Thrawn still out there. You have Imperial warlords who are still trying to hold on to something. So I'm so excited. Dave is finally playing in a theatrical playground. He's got, he's going to get a movie budget. Thank God. Uh, Cause a lot of times on Disney plus they've done a good job on some things, but uh, it, it, I've been iffy with some not of the perfect. recent productions. Yeah. Not perfect. So I, I'm excited to just see him finally have all the resources he needs to bring this vision to life. David, talk to me about box office potential. Pretty big. Um, I wouldn't say it's the most out of this group. I think the last one we're going to talk about probably has the most potential, in my opinion. Because <laughs> um, I think I think in a way, Mando 
it may not actually get the budget that the next one we're going to discuss will, in my opinion. I could see where, hey, this is the TV movie. Not not in the way that, that sounds in a quote, but hey, this TV's is the been pretty good. TV movie. You know, <laughs> yeah. like we are going to wrap everything up in this nice movie. Like we're, it's going to have a giant budget. That's kind of a joke. But um, I do also think Mando is huge. But, you know, seeing the end of like the rebel story on like the big screen is a is a fever dream to some people. But also made for general audience, it's like, that's not Luke Skywalker, you know, like in the, in the trailer. That's, you know, that's Ahsoka and, and uh, Thrawn. I do think it, it will be cool once. It is interesting. This is actually really fascinating that we are getting this, like just from a business perspective. Like this is actually kind of a, a dream come true for many people. It's like awesome. We get to set up this entire story on Disney Plus, and then it all culminates on the big screen. The fact that we're going to get Pedro Pascal grogu ahsoka like all on the big screen that's so cool like it's gonna be a very fulfilling experience i think um god it's gonna be amazing but will it you know how box office wise i don't know it's kind of too early to tell i'm very sure. curious um where this is going though like in terms of my guess right now moff gideon or maybe it is like thrawn's just kind of that big bad at the end um end capping it all thrawn gideon check Question for the panel here. Ah, damn it. Oh, no. <laughs> Does Luke Skywalker show up in this movie? Yes. Yeah. My, my answer yes. is yes, too. Yes. I don't know how he doesn't. If the Empire is coming back and, it, and all this stuff is happening to the entire galaxy. I mean, basically, the Empire is trying to take over again. How does Luke Skywalker not come back? Yeah. Grogu is going to be the one that's like really pushed the marketing for this one, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a reason that they're marked. They're the first thing out of their mouths with it was it's the Mandoverse culmination, right? You talk yeah. about Ahsoka and Rebels and stuff like that. They're not, they are not going to be using that for us. They might, but for the, for the mainstream, for the Sunday Mando. night football, they are going to be, Hey guys, guess what? The Mandalorian is coming to the big screen because that means mm -hmm. something. Pedro Pascal and that shiny armor and that just adorable green little baby. Fucking are, little doll, those, yeah. They are iconic Star Wars characters now. And for the mm -hmm. mainstream, people know who those people, those, those two characters are. Yeah. The Mandalorian theme in a theater. Oh, Dolby <laughs> speakers. How does, how, be, how does it open? I want to have a movie do, 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 do. With artwork, but with um, concept art is how it opens. <laughs> a cold open. We wait a few minutes and then it goes... But um, also, what a, is it called? Card. <laughs> That's the biggest question. To you. What is it called? Called what Baby is Yoda. This movie He's going back. to be called. <laughs> can, I play, can I play devil's advocate here? Yes. I'm very excited for a Dave Filoni movie. I've said since day one, I hope this all culminates in a movie. I'm very excited. About I think it. they should give him the keys. Yeah, trust me, brother. I've been I've been trying to make a key to give to him, but I don't who, know how to make. Who has key. the keys? Who what makes are the keys? keys? Hey, Kath, man, she's she's ruling over everything. She's ah. the holocron keeper. She's doing what she's got to do. Right now, I'm the key around her neck. We <laughs> He's writing. He wrote down three words that said Star Wars movie. <laughs> yeah. Bring him out. Taika who? <laughs> Never heard of him. Um, a sick Photoshop. Uh, what happened it's to Taika? <laughs> I don't know what's going on, man. Does that um, movie come out after all three of these? I think so. That'd be no. hilarious. That'd be hilarious. Not happening. Um, I want to say the Dave Filoni Mandoverse crossover movie, I think, is a very exciting concept. Sure. Klein, you're 100% right. It's going to be Pedro Pascal and Din Djarin and Grogu, the faces of this movie. 
I, I'm not I'm not sure that they're important characters when you really look at the scope of what's going on here. In the Mandalorian currently, they are tertiary characters behind Bo Katan mm-hmm. and That's, Yeah. Off Gideon. Like you know what I mean? Like they are they are non-consequential characters right now. Two episodes figure that out. Ahsoka is more prominent over them, at least narratively, at this point, with the Thrawn and the Ezra and the whole deal of it. Where does Ezra go? That's my question. Um and then <laughs> I think so. Um, skeleton crew obviously is going to introduce a whole new thing. I just think it's weird that the Mandalorian and Grogu have been kind of positioned into um, more secondary roles right before the Mandoverse crossover movie is announced. And also, just another Star Wars thing. This just happens. Another movie where we know our heroes are going to lose. Because the narrative right now in Mando is the the Empire still lingering around the galaxy. And I assume it's going to come to a head with how do we combat this new Empire with our new Rebels kind of situation. We know that they end up losing because the First Order exists down the line. So those are my concerns. Um, Just to follow up on that specific one, I don't know if they lose. Because I think, especially especially because it's Dave Filoni, he can figure out a way to as Klein has said today, recontextualize everything to where they could win or at least think they win. But then all of a sudden you have the first order and Snoke come out of nowhere because they're not touching on Snoke right now. It, it's more so mm-hmm. Thrawn. Yeah. It's more so it, it's more so the Imperial warlord. Dr. Well, Pershing. So, so we think Dr. Pershing. Dr. Pershing. <laughs> so I think there's a way to where you can have our heroes win mm-hmm. and still set up what's to come with the sequels and also the other thing i want to say matt i completely agree about the mandalorian and how they're they've basically made him and grogu secondary characters it's been one of my problems this season but i will say one thing that hasn't changed about their characters is that they are still the ones that interconnect everything they're the connection to boba fett to ahsoka and how they could be the ones to still bring everyone together at the end of the day even a connection to luke skywalker which is crazy i'm saying that um so but i do hope by time this movie becomes a thing that they are brought back into prominence though. What? Quick question and we can move on. Is the Mandalorian in the title for this movie? It's a great My question. biggest question is what what is the title of this movie? What do you call this movie? Is question. it the Mandalorian colon something? Heir to the Empire. Ooh. Um, Who's the main Jedi in this movie? Just kind of a secondary Ahsoka. question. Ahsoka. Or is it Grogu? Jude Law. Or is it Jude Law? Like, <laughs> going could on? be the head character of this Rogue movie. Everybody would definitely a, see some action in this movie. That's for sure. I just don't Let know them. what they do. What do they even do with Grogu? Because Grogu's the biggest question mark, the man. Trilogy, Din Djarin right? could like, die. Does he, are they they die. can't kill this guy on the big screen. They can't. No. Well, that's the other thing about all this. We, Thrawn's not in the sequel trilogy. Grogu's not. So, like, again, like, Dave Filoni, I trust you, but... What are we gonna do? Here? I think they could. I think they can kill Grogu in a TV series. I don't think they can kill him in a movie, or like, or send him, have him taken away by the Empire. I think that is that could work on TV and be like, oh my god, like Grogu's the key to the cloning of Palpatine or whatever. I don't know if they could do that at the end of the Mandalorian the movie post credit scene. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ray's first student, Grogu. Yeah, I was gonna say, is Grogu in the next movie we're talking about? Ooh, I think he might be a student. He might not be a student. He, he might just be a, a follow teacher. teacher. He's got 900 years to live, man. He can do whatever the hell he wants. I mean, he he brushed <laughs> off. He brushed off being a Jedi with Luke. 
So yeah. maybe now after. But what if something goes down and it's like after hey, so many maybe years, trying to be. Yeah. How much I, better would I, it have I, been if Grogu was left with Luke Skywalker until this movie happened? Great oh, idea, Klein. What a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sell toys, Klein. You're not thinking fourth dimensionally. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 I need to care about Grogu again before he leads a movie. I'm you could do that. Him. You can still feature Grogu he's in not series if movie. he's not standing beside Pedro Pascal. I'm just not sure I care about him as much as we're supposed to at this point. You know what I mean? It's like hard he, to. They, they, he is back us. to being nothing but cute. Yeah, It's fine. I love him, but still. Give him um, a voice. Slight recap. Slight recap here. Fall of the Jedi, Reign of the Empire, Age of the Rebellion, The New Republic, and that leads us to here, the rise of the First Order, another era that we've already seen, the sequel trilogy. This is everything Snoke and uh, General Hux and Kylo Ren against the Wars. new rebels, the new Jedi, Luke, Rey, etc. And then we move into our next newly announced era, the only one that does not have a cap on the narrative, the new Jedi Order, directed by Shreem Obeyed Shinoi. A new Star Wars movie with a new Jedi Order led by Daisy Ridley's Rey. She is mm. back. Rey is back 12 years after the sequel trilogy. 15. 15. 15 years after the sequel trilogy, and she will be rebuilding the Jedi Order. Finally, a story that we don't know the ending to climb. Yes. Rey is back. We did it, guys. I know Jack said love wins, but guys, love wins. <laughs> like I, I am, I am completely and utterly flabbergasted that this actually happened, just because the, I mean, we've been getting drip, like just little things here and there, especially from Daisy Ridley over the last probably six months. All of a sudden, she was talking about Star Wars again. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, okay, what's going on? But I, I, I did not think it would happen. I thought that the the experience was so soured with her. Um, personally, I don't think that she came out of it feeling like, man, I'm so happy I did that Star Wars thing. And I'm happy she's going to get a second chance. One of the interesting things about not just this film, but all three movies they announced that I really like is it wasn't, hey, we're giving we're giving Ryan Johnson just his name. We're giving someone a trilogy. These are movies. Mm-hmm. Maybe we build upon them later on. But right now it is you guys get one. That's what Star Wars started as. It was Star Wars. And then we got episode five and six. I think this is going this is going to be something, I think, special. I think they are going to do well with this. I, I, this is going to be a good movie. Bold prediction there. Nice. Um, <laughs> it is a bold prediction, I'd say, for a lot of people. Yeah, but her last one was I'm, not good. I know. I'm just I'm so happy that she's back and I'm happy that she's happy she's back. Seeing yeah. her walk up yeah. on stage in front Very of that cool. celebration crowd, I like I teared up looking at her smiling at the audience because two big years smile. ago it was not like it was not that. The big questions mm-hmm. will be I think if they go to someone like Oscar Isaac and say, Do you want to come back? I think he's just like, Yeah, like okay, he he's up for anything. I don't think his experience in the Star Wars universe was all that negative. The big question for me is John Boyega. Yeah. What does that look like? Does that happen? I don't think it does. I think that that if sucks. we're talking about sour relationships, which does suck, but I I hope this is going to I hope this is special and Daisy really deserves a second chance because she's the best. She's my favorite part of those movies. I love that character. Mm-hmm. I like where they leave her, but I'm excited to see more. There you go, David. The Queen's back. Listen, 
a lot of people are turned off by Ray coming back. Um, this is a contra. This is the most controversial, I would say, movie announcement. Bring bringing Daisy Ridley back, meaning continuing that story they left off in the Rise of Skywalker. Put that aside, guys. Fifteen years later, a new creative vision, a new idea. You know, this isn't. They're not making Episode Ten. They didn't say, "Hey, this are is Episode they? Ten. Or are maybe they, they are. Maybe they are. Do I'm they down. Episode Look, Ten. I don't and think then, so. What's her but, last name? Skywalker, Palpatine. but I don't, I don't think that's the, I don't think that's the direction they're gonna go. I think I, we, I was talking about this with Nathan Johnson and um, someone yeah, else with the, at the direct.com, yeah, uh, about like how they're going to like even just promote this movie. Is it part of the Skywalker saga? I say I don't, not. I don't think so. I think it's its own thing. I think this is, I don't even think it's gonna be its own saga. I just, I think the saga is those nine movies, and that's done with. And it obviously the legacy is gonna be there. But I think this is the start of something new, as I said earlier about whatever other project it was. Well, it's already it's already confirmed that Star Wars's new strategy is, hey, let's make one movie and make it good and then go from there. And if it opens <laughs> up a sequel, then we'll do that. This to me is is that movie, this, mm-hmm. and, which is what's mm-hmm. been reported. Right. This is the this is the little off movie, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So like the fact which which is now no longer the little off movie um, Stephen but it, it's that project where it's like all right this is the this is the big one to me we talked about earlier about like box office and all this and like the the origin story and mando and grogu this is the big one this is pushing star wars forward this is the oh. one where i could see us getting a scroll maybe it's not you know maybe it's not episode 10 Look, I sat up here on the podcast with, well, what was the draft? We were drafting like the next Star Wars with the pod racing from Matt. And I was like, you predicted that. Yeah. I'm like, episode 10, give me Ray, give me Timothy Chalamet as like the the bad guy and let's do it. You know, and I'm here. Here we are. I I am ready. Like, let's do this thing. And And honestly, they're heading in a similar direction as to what I wrote, where she's leading something. I wrote in there. I hope they do it in the movie. Hey. Lucasfilm, any notes? I'm here. I can, sh- I can share you my Google Doc. Consulting fee. Um, yeah. I wrote down, like, my idea was how the galaxy wants her to be a political figure, but she doesn't want to. And I could totally see that happening, you mm-hmm. know, because post yeah. post all, like, everything that happens in the rest of Skywalker, I, my general excitement and why I would rank this as my most excited project announced yesterday is because it moves the needle forward. It moves the plot forward. And that mm-hmm. is, you've talked about it, Matt underrated i appreciate like the sequel trilogy just because it's something something new you know every star like literally every star wars project is a prequel mm-hmm. for the most part you know almost every there are three three star wars projects or six i guess that are not prequels the original three and the sequel trilogy and that's pretty much it you know they're the only movies that come out where there's nothing told ahead of them at the time of release if you really think about it yeah, that's it. You're 100% true. And I want that. I want more of that. Like, why do we have to go try 25,000 years in the past? Why can't we get, like, keep going forward? And that's that's my thing. Let me tell you something about this 25,000 years in the past. What if this new Jedi Order movie is kind of a sequel to the first Jedi Order movie? The the Rise of the Jedi James mm. Mangold movie. I, not, not, not necessarily a narrative, like obviously characters. Yeah, but there's connect. parallels. Exactly. The idea of the dawn of the Jedi going all the way to the idea of the new Jedi. We've played around with, you know, what the prequels tried to do. The Jedi Council clowns really bad at their jobs. Didn't have the right idea. 
Luke knew that, and that's why the the Last Jedi is a really good movie. And now we're getting here to the New Jedi Order. What lessons has Ray learned? What what do we know about the Jedi now after this first Jedi Order movie? That's a connection I can see that works so well. Twenty five thousand years before to now, I like I like that. Um, it religious is kind of really the idea of like this epic, you know, foundation movie leading into this what's new movie. Yeah. Uh, Jack, um, what 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 do we think about Ray coming back as far as like an episode 10 point? My question is, what's a scarier word? The word Skywalker in this new Ray movie or the word Metachlorian in this Rise of the Jedi movie? That shit didn't happen. My blood feels funny. And alive, what if it does, though? Whoa, look at all these metachlorians. (laughs) You see, I can lift the rock because my blood's different than yours. Yeah. Uh, Definitely metachlorian. That's that's much scarier. Let's not do that. Uh, That does not seem religious, like the religious epic that they're promoting uh, for that one. Um, (laughs) A little, like, thumb prick. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, Ray's back. I'm extremely excited about this. Uh, Ray was also my favorite part. Well, second favorite part of those sequel trilogy movies. Oh, damn. Kylo Ren. Was Kylo my Ren. Yeah. Uh, it, it's such a shame that they're making this and they had him die in the Rise of Skywalker because talk about okay. something that they could have done something even more interesting. Well, yes, speaking of that, Klein, um, <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy talked about this movie. I think I saw the video today. I don't know when it was made. Yeah, I know um, what you're talking about. But yeah, she she mentioned how they're really not going to try to focus too much on like flashbacks and force ghosts. Um, apparently, the Jedi are in disarray. Is it the word she used? Um, she was asking questions of <laughs> exactly. She's asking questions of who are the Jedi? What are they doing? What's the state of the galaxy? And Ray wants to rebuild the Jedi Order using the Jedi texts and based off what she promised Luke. But it's also going to be about the supposed powers to take them down. I guess people not trusting the Jedi don't want the new Jedi order to be a thing. They need it. Yeah. So in David, it's such an interesting point of view you you have about wanting Star Wars to move forward and just continuing telling stories like after the next thing, Um, you have the sequels and you have this and just go forward. I've just seen so many different opinions of people wanting to go back. And I think for me personally, I would rather go back because going forward, like I'm almost at the point now where this galaxy particularly like the skywalker saga they've been through so much in such a short amount of time it's like give them a break like let yeah. them just like let it be sunshine and rainbows for a little bit before we have another new disaster come in and i'm also nervous are these powers that be that want to take down the jedi are they going to be sith again are we getting to that is it going to be something new so yeah. i have a little bit more apprehension with this movie about how they continue things which is why it's not my most anticipated but i mean daisy ridley i one of the best smiles I've ever seen her on that stage and everyone just lighting up. That's yeah. I'm, I was in my apartment at what, like seven 30 AM. And just, that's when I audibly screamed. <laughs> well, yes, Klein, I know, 4 I am here and I screamed. <laughs> I screamed as well. I, that's when really I started early. tearing up. <laughs> it is I, it, rough morning for me. I can't imagine being in Klein's shoes. Um, but yeah, Ray coming back, Daisy Ridley. I'm, I hope I pray that John Boyega comes back but also i don't want him to come back if it's just like a hey we saw him as a jedi master too good for you like i want them to give him something substantial don't think it's gonna happen but boy do i want in my opinion keep john boyega out of this movie they they flopped their will they won't they so hard that Mm -hmm. i think bringing him back would just be 
such a slap in the face to what it could have been in Rise of Skywalker. And it's nothing against uh, Raylo or whatever it is, right? But like the John Boyega thing is really what we all wanted. And and to get it now, I think would be a really weird kind of mishandling of that again. Clint. Would you guys be okay with, I think I would, Ray being the only no. recognizable character we know in yes. this movie? Yes. I, I think that's what I want. Make yeah. her Luke in the first two sequel movies. Straight up. I'm down. But but even in the sequel movies, we had Solo, we oh, had Leia. Like right. I'm saying we <laughs> see no one we recognize. None. She's the only face we know. Almost almost like Luke in like the end of A Mando and Boba Fett. Yeah. I like that. You know? I, I'm down. I'm down. My Klein. answer's yes, Klein. I know we're messing up your point here, but yes is my answer. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Love it. I I, I is, want John Boyega movie back. That though. comes right. This was the first movie that shows up. We think. I don't know, man. I think so. <sighs> really? Just because, because Mando of... seems way. They've got. Way, I think they've got way too much like building the house to to put it out. And the mm-hmm. first Jedi one, he's still like, I don't know if I'm gonna do. I'm doing this Bob Dylan thing. Don't know if Swamp things here. Don't know if yeah. La, like first Jedi. I I think this has to be the first one. Wouldn't it be weird to do the new Jedi movie and then come back with the first Jedi movie? It would be. But I'm only saying yes based off reports like Jeff Snyder has been reporting on this Lindelof movie for a while now. And he's been saying this is the 2025 one. And apparently he said there's a rumor that it's for Kathleen Kennedy. It's either get a movie out in 2025 or bust. Um, So burn the franchise down. It's over. (laughs) So like. I don't necessarily want it to be the first movie, but I think it will be just because I think they've made the most headway with this. I agree with Klein. I think the Manover still has some building to do. And then James Mangle just seems busy as all hell. That report seems like kind of bullshit to me, though, because that goes against what Iger's been saying since he came back. You know, put the power into the creatives, give them time. And and that seems to be the case. But Iger's also been all about recognizable, recognizable, IP, 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 IP. I can also see him going, oh, we need the Daisy Ridley movie out now. But he's he's pro expanding and pushing back the MCU. Why is he like trying to set like this crazy thing on Kathleen Kennedy to get a Star Wars movie out in 2025? Because they're two different. I think because they're two completely different things. Like the MCU needs culling. Star Wars needs to do the opposite. That's true. I agree. I mean, culling I'm just like a drawing back. Like trimming the branches. And I've been banging on the drum like we need movies. But at the same time, I don't want them to rush something to get out in December 2025 just because. Mm-hmm. You know, I be agree. smart about it, especially with the, the this is a very specific three movie slate. So random, you know, all random. across that timeline. And you got to be strategic about that. You know, this, this these are movies. This is, this is general audience moviegoers, not people this that have Disney Plus anymore. It ain't. It's it tr- <laughs> generally Disney Plus anymore. Totally. Look how Solo did. It was like, what? Why is it coming out six months later? It was Han Solo. Uh, Han Solo. It wasn't Harrison Ford. But still, you know, uh, you got to be smart about how you churn these things out and according to their dates right now it is back it would be technically back to that two every two year slate that was a rush slate you know and i i don't know mm. i'm i'm i am well, I, thought year, I thought the yearly so, thing was a little right i think two years yearly is fine. True. Yeah, that's true. yeah yeah that's true it was two years between the the sequels just that's star wars in december again oh oh my gosh so, <laughs> i hope it's 2025 from a fan perspective but i don't i do not know if that's gonna be the first movie i i, I guess it'd be the the vote because it seems the furthest along the only I suppose. One we have a name attached to when it comes to casting like but the, it's the mando movie we have a whole cast yeah, for that right, really yeah, but you got you got seasons of tv to go through 
How many though? Yeah. How many are they going to do before? I don't know. Depends on what happens yeah. over the next two weeks in Mandalorian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good point. There we go. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that has been Star Wars Celebration and Man Alive. Um, you know, I we got movies and outs, but they could be canceled any minute. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, Watcher is going to be back next. Bring out what I'm saying. <laughs> excited because Top we got the Soka trailer, space. but. Still, still confused. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that has been Star Wars Celebration. Now we move into our review of the Super Mario Brothers movie. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in, welcome on, and let's go. The Super Mario Brothers movie 2023. I'm here, David's here, Jack is here, and Klein is here. We're going to talk about the Super Mario Brothers movie. It's a straightforward review. We have overall thoughts. We have popcorn. We have top plays. Let's start. Jack, we got to let Klein and David eat first here. You know what I mean? Of course. Like, this, of course. Is, this is their movie. They Just so everybody knows, uh, Jack, Mario fandom, scale 1 to 10. I've played like two Mario games. I loved it, but like I'm not a massive fan by any means. Not like Klein and David. That's where Jack's at. I am a diehard like Mario 64, Mario Kart, like Nintendo 64 Mario guy, and also a little bit of GameCube. David and Klein, this is their religion. This is what they live for. This is their favorite thing, or one of their favorite things. Klein, I want to go to you first because you are our guest. Your overall thoughts on the Super Mario Brothers movie. Klein, the movie critic, the objective journalist, will say it's not fine. This is not, this is a kid's movie. This is not great. Um, Klein, the eight-year-old who opened, well, maybe not eight, the kid who opened a Nintendo Wii on Christmas morning the year it came out when you couldn't find him anywhere and was 135 pounds and almost did a backflip. That wow. kid loved this movie, <laughs> loved every goddamn second of it. Are you kidding me? It is, this is, it's in East, it is Easter eggs, the movie, like that is what it is, mm-hmm. um, with some illumination humor in there and a few odd needle drops. But goddamn, am I not just sitting there when at the very end when things are going off and I'm sitting there going, Oh my god, like they did it, like they this is Mario, and yeah, I, I'm I love it. I think it's probably the like two and a half, two out of five star movie that I love the most in this world. <laughs> but it like I'm I'm just so happy and I can't believe I can't believe we got it and I can't believe we're gonna get more, most likely. Mine's Tasm too. David, um your overall thoughts on the Super Mario Brothers movie, your most anticipated movie of the year. Yeah, it it was my most anticipated, and honestly, honest to God, it is one of my favorite movies. Just period. Th- this was so much fun. It's a kid's movie. Yeah, I get it. I'm that kid. I am that kid. We are all that kid. You don't have to be five years old to be the kid in the theater watching the kids movie. I was giddy in this theater. IMAX, ton of people, by the way. No wonder it's doing so great. I knew when I walked in that theater, I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to do gangbusters. It was a Wednesday night, 8 p.m. All these kids, all these people packed out. And afterwards, by the way, I'm like, I'm sweating. Is it warm in here? No one else with me was sweating. I'm like, okay. So I'm, I'm just kind of freaking out right now. Cool. I, got it. I sit down. The second it begins, the smile, you couldn't hit, hit it off my face. I was grinning ear to ear the entire time. I've had pretty much every Nintendo console from the N64 now to the Switch. N64 is the first console I've ever played with my entire life when I was a kid. Right. And it's gone all the way through the handhelds. I've pretty much had it all. 
Mario is my guy. I just beat Galaxy again. I'm playing a ton of Mario Kart lately. And going, taking all of that and then writing that into this film was a spiritual experience. Honestly, <laughs> I had such a great time. Like there, there are criticisms, of course. And I, I am kind of offended by the Rotten Tomatoes score. That's how like innately attached I feel to the character. I feel like I'm a part of this. I'm like, come on, guys, have a heart, have a soul, pick up a controller, dude. Like I get that it's a little thin. But there's still some heart there. And I think I have some criticisms, of course. But from start to finish, I couldn't have been happier. It it lived up to my expectations and not in the way I think others maybe had expectations, but just making a Mario movie. They've been so gun shy of making one for years and years and years. And the IP has just been sitting there. And I think they nailed it from the voice acting to the animation to the music to what Easter eggs and what story bits they use, what characters they use, how they want to integrate this world, how they tell this little simple Mario story, which, by the way, isn't The Last of Us. It's not a story-driven game. Mario is just a a guy in a mustache. You know, like the, the game is super, they're all super silly, but they're so much fun. And that's what this movie was to me. It was super silly, but so much fun. You know, I just had a blast watching it and I have that desire and I haven't had it in a while to go watch a movie again in the theater, you know, where I'm like, I want to go experience this again. I want to get go with my brother who we grew up playing Mario 24 seven. This is, I love, love, love this movie. It's one of my favorite movies of the year so far. John Wick and in, in it are up there for me because they were both fun in very different ways. <laughs> and I enjoyed them both in very different ways, but Matt, Jack, I'll shut up now. What'd you guys think? Anybody who listens to this on a regular basis and me who have been listening to David talk about this movie for the months and months and months that we have, I'm so happy that he's happy. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> did it, guys. This, if this sucks, sucked, man, David would have yeah. come on here very upset. He would have come true. on here pretty, pretty down. Jack, our, definitely our most objective opinion going into this movie. Yeah. What did you think of the Super Mario Brothers movie? Well, now I can all, all I can think about is John Wick just in Mario. Just I don't just in that world. No plot. Oh, awesome. I'm going to need a fire flower. Yeah. Wahoo. Uh, let's see the crossover, folks. Um, I really like this movie. I had a ton of fun with it. I think critics are being way too harsh. They're being the the family guy, Peter Griffin. Mm, yes. Shallow and pedantic. Mm, um, it's just like, guys, just like, can we just have fun in a movie theater? But yeah, of course, there are issues. Um, I was expecting a little bit more from certain areas, um, but it's a great time. It's it's I mean, I I think the most attachment I have to Mario is with through Mario Kart. Sure. Uh, I played on Wii all the time, um, and I think they crushed that aspect <laughs> of this movie. Uh, obviously, that's in the trailer. Um, and so that was probably like my biggest like, oh, yeah, cool. But. I even as someone who doesn't have like not nearly the attachment to Mario in this world that David has, Klein has, Matt, even you have, um, I thought it was a good time and it's about what I was expecting from it. I, I don't know what else to say. I think David, David just gave like a all time speech right there. Just like, I mean, per, beautiful, positive rant. Uh, so uh, not much else to add. Um, I'm going to lean on you guys to talk about some Easter eggs here that I might have yeah. missed and whatnot. So I'm excited to get into that. But uh, Matt, what did you think about this movie? So I think it's dispiritedly rote and from bursts of weird vitality whenever the film veers into action outside the games. You know what I mean? So, um, no, I did not say that. That was said by um, somebody who I'm sure is an acclaimed film journalist, somebody from the New York Magazine and Vulture, Allison Wilmore. She described this movie as dispiritedly rote. 
you know how people talk. Um, let me tell you something. <laughs> you go into a Super I Mario Brothers Illumination movie, and we're sitting at a bar afterwards, and I say, hey, what'd you think of the movie? And you say, yeah, it was a little rote for me. I will call upon my training and kick your ass. Like, it, it is. <laughs> Matt, absurd. you are third. Preaching to the choir right now. I went on, I didn't want to get into this in my opening thoughts because I was ranting. <laughs> I will Pos- positively ranting, as Jack said. If you go on Rotten Tomatoes and just start scrolling and see the rotten scores and like see what the little blurb is, it made my blood boil. I'm like, guys, it's a Mario movie for yeah. kids and for for me, I guess. Like, relax. I get the criticisms, but people are putting like one out of f- ten stars. I'm like, dude, chill out. So my biggest takeaway from this movie is that people can watch this movie and come out saying the word wrote a word I never heard of a word that I still don't really know what it means. Um, this movie goes, it's the past tense of right. That's right. If it ain't wrong and it ain't left time, what is it? Right. Right. That's right. There. That is right. Um, this movie kicks so much ass. Uh, everybody knows that I am a fandom like you know enthusiast i love easter eggs i love when you can get excited about something because you know something else um you know the mcu of it all and um this movie had that in spades and it was beautiful it was it sounded incredible it it had amazing performances that we were all incredibly wrong about um when the cast was announced it's the coldest take the internet's ever had is chris pratt i'll say that with my chest um it's it's de- far from perfect it's silly um, I think there's some cringy moments. I think there's some stupid moments, if I'm being completely honest. But I I am a huge proponent of what's the goal of this movie? How did they do achieving that? They achieved everything they wanted. If you're a kid, you're going to love this movie. If you're an adult that has played Mario ever in your life, you're going to find something to enjoy about this movie. I think that's enough. You don't need to appease any more people than that. And it it has, you know... The perfect animated movie, everybody always says, is something that can entertain entertain kids and adults at the same time. They don't do that here with comedy or necessarily plot or story as much. They do it with their moments. They do they do it with the oh you've you've jumped off a rainbow road before. You know you you you've been in this situation. You've been in you've heard this song music too. um, Even like the the licensed music. Something we'll get to for sure. But um, my my. The thing I walked away from this movie, I remember as a kid, I was in my babysitter's house and her oldest son was watching the Pokemon uh, TV show. Right. And I and I watched an episode of Pokemon with him and I was like, wow, this is amazing. And he looked at me. I'll never forget. I was six years old. He looked at me. He goes, you know, there's like video games. I'm like, what? Then he handed me a Game Boy. He handed me a Game Boy and I became obsessed. It was my favorite thing for years and years still is to this day. If I was a six year old and I saw this movie. I would dedicate my life to consuming every second of Mario content I could possibly find because that's the kind of thing this movie does. And I think that's the goal. And I think they achieved it Buy your Mario stock now, because I think we're on, we're on a rise here. And, and uh, David just going somewhere. Is that what you're trying to say? (laughs) David, uh, before we dive into the details, give me a number. Where are we going to land on Sunday? Yeah. So for the five day, I'll give you a $200 million domestic opening, um, which is unbelievable. <laughs> this movie and, you know, when this posts, it'll be official and I cannot wait to cover it more and more on this podcast and beyond. Um, but wow, I, mean, I had a very like even like the tracking, it, it's overshooting the tracking. It's doing phenomenally. And 
sooner sooner rather than later. So that was domestic, what I just said, probably around 200 opening the five day by Sunday. We will be saying it's got it's globally at half a million next week, probably a billion. Yeah, half a billion. Sorry, half a billion probably next week, which is amazing. You know, this thing's shooting soaring to the moon. Um, it's 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 a smash hit. It, It already is like it's Friday was it went up from Thursday, which you don't really see very often, but it makes sense. You know, good Friday. Um, and yeah, this thing is it's taking off. It, it they they released it perfectly. The five day was really smart. Spring break when it came out was beautifully, you know, uh, placed. And uh, yeah, this thing's going to be the, maybe the hit of the year. Clint, just a very quick theater note I was there at 3 30 p.m. on a school day on Wednesday, the entire theater was packed. Wow, you love to see it. School here ends at three, so there was people who were rushing over. Yeah, they were rushing over. I was there by myself and it was me and I've never been I haven't been in a room with that many 8-year-olds in a very long time. Maybe since I was 8 years old. And, <laughs> right? Yeah, it, was, it was great. But kids, I forgot that kids in movies are like they're yelling and they were annoying. and saying yeah. the dumbest things like like they, they were see broke. an NES and go, "Mom, that's the original Switch." And everyone in the theater laughed. Did everybody <laughs> laugh at the GameCube bit? No, because they're all 8. um ladies and gentlemen that has been our overall thoughts and we dive into spoilers and we dive into good delicious beautiful popcorn i tried to put these in order of the the movie and the plot not a ton of it there so there's not really a lot of order to fall on you know what i'm saying so uh david we're gonna start with you first because i think it's the most broad uh piece of good popcorn we have talk to me about the characters in this movie yeah i think this this stuck out to me in why I get maybe a little offended, and I'm subjective about this. I love Mario. Um, but I thought the care dynamics were great. Like there is a heart to this movie. It, it's not all just fluff and jokes and you know, ringtones and, and music and Mario Kart, you know. I love the opening with Mario and Luigi. You know, yeah. I thought it was phenomenal. Mario and Luigi, then to the 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 little dinner with all the family and you get the whole family. I loved it. I thought it was awesome. You know, (laughs) I like the dynamic between Mario and Luigi. Obviously I like the dynamic between Luigi and Luma in jail. Luma's the best part of this movie. Luma, You're talking about adult humor that hit. That was the one for me. Every word, every single word. What are you going to say, Jack? Oh, sorry. My screen just like went black for a second. Um, Explain Luma to me. Like, what what's the deal with her? Because I I did not know, but God, she was so funny. So Galaxy, Luma, right? Lumas are characters from Star Wars Galaxy, which they don't really talk in Star Wars Galaxy. They kind of go like and like talk to you in like these little like really good speech bubbles. But they're like living stars in the galaxy. They're not usually so depressing, but the depressed Luma just made it yeah. so good. This was yeah, so good. God, the sweet release of perfect. Deathline had awesome. me rolling. Yeah, Lumas are amazing. Like they, they can transform, do all these things, and they like basically disciples of Rosalina. Like they're kind of like they're her little like pets okay. almost, but they also like turn to stars and shooting things and all you this. Can feed and them and they'll turn yeah, into galaxies. Exactly. And planets. Oh, cool. <laughs> and like and in Galaxy, which having a Luma in this movie is a big deal, Jack, because the possibilities are there. Yeah. And the line <laughs> they look up and Peach is like, there's a whole there's all these endless galaxies out there. I'm what like, a weird line. On that moment. The theater. <laughs> what a weird line. In Weirdly that movie. placed. Just no, and there's no reaction to it. Or did it say anything? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I reacted. I was like clapping. <laughs> Let's go. I chilled in that theater. moment. I thought it was cool. 
Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Luma like goes into Mario's cap and he can like do like the spin in Galaxy. That's like the almost, you know, his little move. Anyway, I need um, to play video games. Yeah. Speaking of the character dynamics. So that was fun with Luma and Luigi. Um, I thought DK and Mario worked, especially when they got so into good. the eel. Mm-hmm. You know, that was good. I thought Peach and Mario worked with this new kind of uh, rejuvenized version of Peach. Not just like, oh, Mario. And like, you know, she's Mario. like getting taken away by uh Bowser. I thought, um, who was it? Oh, oh my gosh, I'm Kimmy. blanking. With uh, Bowser and um, God, what's the wizard called? Yeah, Hammock. Hammock. Yeah. Hammock. Yeah. yeah, sorry. So uh, funny. Good too. So good. Yeah. <laughs> so the I thought this of them where they're practicing the wedding was like, yeah. <laughs> I, yes. I'm like, this is so stupid, but I love it. When the blue shell walks in and both of them are pissed off. What? Yeah. yeah what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and even Toad and Mario. Toad, I thought was really funny. So I just, I thought, you know, from a critical perspective, you know, while watching them, like, they're nailing these character dynamics, you know, which you don't really get in the games. That's, that's what stuck out to me. You know, they had right. to write these pretty, besides like Peach and Mario and like kind of Luigi and Mario, you know, like they had to really write these things up. Specifically, I thought DK and Mario was a big one because, you know, they started as enemies. DK. And then we get to where they're kind of like friends and and they're kind of working together. Um, the whole Kong just jungle and like tribe was awesome. I loved all of that. I thought it was so good. Um, but yeah, I don't know if there's any really more. I think at the heart of the movie, though, it being Mario and Luigi and Luigi's put on the put on the back burner. I hope maybe because they're going to do a Luigi's Mansion movie. By the way, at the beginning, I thought it was going to be booze behind him, not shy guys. And I was like, why aren't they booze? What um, a scary scene. Awesome. Terrifying. Shy guys are horrifying. <laughs> Shy guys are horrifying. The one with the mask. Yeah, oh anyway. my God. It scared the hell out of me. It was really good. I There are some kids, I think, in the theater that were scared of the uh, dry bones thing. Um, they were kind of freaking. They're scary. You can't when kill them. It, it like reassembles <laughs> and then like, the eyes flame up. I remember up. being scared of that the first time. I think it was like, I guess, Mario 3. The first time I was younger playing that on mm-hmm. the, the GBA on the re-release on my Game Boy Advance. And I'm like, oh, it's a it's a Koopa. I jump on it. And then it got back up. And I'm like, I don't like this at all. It starts chasing you, too. That's the bitch of it. I got yeah. Mario 3 in my living room right now. But, you know, Mario and Luigi having to split off. I, I bought their brother. I bought their mm-hmm. brotherhood. I bought I bought them trying to start this thing without their family's real approval. And them kind of being like, you're not going to do anything with this. This is kind of silly. Like, why are you doing the fake voices? All this stuff. And the then Mario they re- brothers and plumbing's our game. So good. <laughs> and then they reconnect at the end. I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was like, this is amazing. I believe in these brothers. When speaking of what Tanuki Mario, like when he's in this Tanuki suit, when he saves Luigi and they mm-hmm. hug and it's this moment, I'm like, this is amazing. Like, this is so good. So I thought they really nailed the character dynamics, which really aren't fleshed out that much in the games and stood out to me as like, good they did that they, that was a very positive writing note i guess i have for the film which i'd say the writing isn't really the strongest point because a lot of it's just like point to this have this character here easter egg there you right. know so it's a me it stuck it's out a me. in a really positive way it stuck out and made me feel very attached to these characters and and i think that you know yes this movie it's not even that it doesn't have a lot of plot the plot is just not very good you know the whole marriage thing all that stuff but what thing. does but what keeps it afloat is the characters and their dynamics together. Like I think like they're they're such a big part of what brings the floor up 
on this movie. And Jack, a big part of that is the performances um, behind each of these characters. That is your first piece of good popcorn. Talk to me about this star studded cast doing the most here in Super Mario Bros. Yeah, crazy cast. Um, I'll let you, Matt, talk a little bit about uh, Chris Pratt because you seem very passionate about that. Uh, I want to touch on Jack Black as Bowser because in the trailers, I was a little nervous of like, is this just going to sound like Jack Black trying to be evil and and just Jack Black kind of doing his thing? He certainly does his thing, but no, like he actually brings something to it. There's another layer to it. I was like, wow, like I'm actually like bought in. I don't feel like I'm listening to Jack Black. I feel like I'm just watching Bowser be an idiot. Um, so I had a great time with that. Keegan-Michael Key as Toad. Un- unrecognizable. So good. Unrecognizable. He was I fantastic. defined him the entire movie. Couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I know. I-, I was shocked at that. I mean, just with the voice, how it sounded alone, but also what you said, David, the character dynamics. Everyone with Toad was spectacular. Mm-hmm. I-, I just, I-, I-, I ate that up so much. Anya Taylor-Joy is Anya Taylor-Joy. She rocks. Um, I'm trying to think there was one more voice. Oh, Charlie Day as Luigi. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love Great. how they wrote Luigi, but Charlie Day, like that that was another one where it's like, okay, Charlie Day, his voice is so recognizable. How is this going to work? I mean, is this just going to be Charlie Day? And it wasn't. No, like they actually did something with it. I think it's a credit to the writing as well, um, as you mentioned, David. But yeah, I, I was just pleasantly surprised with how everyone sounded. But, but Matt, talk to me about Chris Pratt here. So, I mean... We were all there. We, we all probably got on this podcast. I was a, I was a part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was. You, <laughs> when Chris Pratt was announced as Mario, it was booed. They threw rotten fruit at people. I they threw. Went, I was angry. Angry. I was, like I was mad. People were pissed. He wasn't just serviceable. He was fantastic. And it wasn't like just, oh, it's Chris Pratt being Chris Pratt, like Jack was just talking about with, like, Jack Black is Jack Black in this. Seth Rogen is Seth Rogen in this. He even says, I don't do voices. Seth Rogen, yeah. So if you want Donkey Kong to sound like me, you got your guy. And they did. And it was awesome. Chris Pratt sounds like every single Italian from the Northeast I've ever met in my life. He sounds exactly like Chuck Destocchio that I work with over at the Action Network. Like, he is perfect in his accent in the use of his catchphrases the way it blends in and out just everything about chris bratt here was so good that the response to him being cast was so incredibly wrong and i don't say this to like bash on anybody who thought that but man alive did he nail it when nobody thought he could find your thoughts on chris pratt i thought you know it's funny because i was one of those people i thought I don't because to me, Mario is Charles Martinet. He's the, the ever since Mario has had a voice. He has been it's the voice, you know, he's in the movie twice. Shout out. Shout yeah. out. He's he's in the movie twice. He does play Mario's dad, which I find like that's cool. some weird meta commentary there, which right. I find really interesting. He's like, he's the dad and that other guy in the in the yeah, bar he's the, or whatever. Yeah, the guy who's playing well, their brothers. They're Super Mario Brothers. Oh, bad right. joke there go ahead there you go. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> and i i don't know if i'm as high on chris pratt as you are but i did think he did a good he did a good enough job where i sat through the whole movie and at no point did i think about his performance yeah. like i, I, mm, I yeah. thought for sure i was going to be getting hung up on oh my god like it's chris pratt he's doing a mario impersonation and i didn't at all and i think that's the best thing that i can say especially given the reaction that i had upon that initial casting so I mean, good yeah. for him. Like he, he, he did prove he proved me wrong. I was just gonna say that I think it's impressive, and I, I it's basically just um, echoing everything you guys are saying. Chris Pratt's doing a voice; he's not doing Chris <laughs> Pratt. You know, like I thought, mm-hmm. o- o- in my opinion, only Anya Taylor Joy and Seth Rogen were doing 
just the, their voices. They weren't. Yeah, they weren't voice. Seth Rogen laugh was in it as drops a number That's of times without any like any other dialogue <laughs> okay. happening. Nope. I love it. I love it. The zoom in on the laugh I thought was. Big. Oh my god! The way they animated it too. It's yeah. Like the chuckle. I never thought I'd see Donkey Kong doing the Seth Rogen laugh, but here we are. Awesome. It was a really impressive job by Chris Pratt, and I loved on this topic, Jack, that they they confronted it head on. You know they. In the commercial, they're doing the crazy, you know, accent. Which I love. Yeah. yeah. Save a Brooklyn. Perfect. But it makes sense even in the story. It's like, oh, their family's Italian, but they're they're they grew up in New York. Like they're they're not gonna have as thick of like an Italian accent. They're they're American, you know, they're like Italian American. So I thought it worked really well. And I, I think he did a phenomenal job and he's gonna keep doing it. This is definitely I, I tweeted something out like a joke, like give it to Monday, basically, until there's like a sequel announced and a couple of spinoffs because it's doing so well at the box office. Like we are going to keep hearing these people because it's doing gangbusters and they're going to they're going to be back, you know, and I think Chris Pratt was the man for the job. I think it, I think it's an important note on this topic that it would have been a bad decision if it was the normal guy doing yes. Mario the entire yes. time. That yeah. would have mm-hmm. been a poor decision because he doesn't Mario doesn't talk in the games. No. Really, it's just quips and little noises i yeah like this yeah exactly and it's awesome it's great we all know it it's iconic but this was the right decision and chris pratt's got the chops i think i honestly think he wouldn't have been able to do this as well as he did if it wasn't for his work with the lego movie where he is more so doing a chris pratt but that is real voice acting experience because it is different you know they talk actors talk about this all the time it is a very different talent to voice act than just to uh, you know besides getting up on a stage or getting in front of a camera and acting as well. So I, I feel bad for Chris Pratt. I think it, I didn't, there were some interviewers, not that recently, but previously they were like, Oh, can we get a little taste? I don't like that because he really had to be in, I think a mode to really get that voice out. You know, he had to really be directed and like bring that out. Like he's not just going to sit there and do a stupid little Mario accent. Like it was, it was complicated. And I appreciate that. It was a Brooklyn ass accent. Um, I will say just one little piece of bad kernel in your good popcorn, Jack. Mm-hmm. I love Fred Armisen so so much. That was not fun. I don't think the cranky cog thing was weird. It was the worst yeah. one, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It just stuck I out think, like a sore thumb. I will say, I think that if you do not have a history of Fred Armisen, I don't know if that bugs you as much. Interesting. But me, as like as someone who loves adores Fred Armisen, I'm sitting there going, "Why the hell is Fred Arm? What of Fred Armisen's SNL or Portlandia characters showing up in a Mario movie?" Just so, like, you know, I not to be offensive, but it was a, like such a generic Jewish accent in this. And like, I know, you know, like Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong. Like, this makes sense. Sure. It was so exaggerated, you know, and it was just it, none of the other donkeys were exaggerated. And so, yeah, you know, take on that set. Fred Armisen. Uh, um, Klein, we go to you. <laughs> The best part of this movie. I think I, yeah, I think this all, is the MVP. If, if any of us got here first, we would have picked this as our good popcorn. Klein, talk to me about Brian Tyler and the music. Just, just off the bat, shout out Brian Tyler. Like it. this is it's yeah. funny because the music, okay, Mario has so many iconic themes and they jam so much music inside of this movie. Even the original stuff I dug. There was some original themes and original arrangements that I really liked, but it's you talk about Easter eggs, Matt. I think there are a few franchises, maybe Star Wars as well, a little bit, that have as many musical Easter eggs as you can hide in something. Mm-hmm. Like when they show up at the castle for the first time and you hear the <laughs> N6, the do, 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 just like very faintly in the background. Mm-hmm. And it 
This was amazing. I think that the soundtrack to this movie is genuinely amazing and are the best ways to listen to this music, mm-hmm. which is incredible because this is music I turn on when I'm sitting here writing all day. I'll turn on like on YouTube, a 10 hour playlist of just Mario songs because it's mm-hmm. easy. It's just easy music to listen to. And I was I was stunned. I'm not a huge fan of licensed music, but like the actual the Nintendo compositions were they it was incredible. Um, and they did it. And for every hype moment, there was just as just as amazing music to back it. Whether it was them running in two D or getting the superstar, and like like the superstar theme at the end when they get the oh star and running and do do do, do 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 do, and it wasn't just Mario because. We got Mario Kart music when they're picking their carts. It's the unbelievable uh, Mario Kart drop. Eight menu. That was great. I was so like, excited, dude! It's just there was so much tender love and care put into the music. Yes. I think specifically, and it shows. Yep, and the music well in said. a way drives the the movie and the narrative. They, oh, yeah. I think, I think this movie when they were storyboarding it was like, right, how many different games can we reference? How many locations can we go to? And what pieces of music can we get to in this? I don't know what they do in a sequel. Because I, I think feel like they like I feel like they've kind of I don't know they've gone there's so much Mario. Music I think this is a great start. But, they have yeah. so they have so I mean I think this will be special because it is the beginning and they they went very I would say safe like where someone like me just sits here and raves about it because it was like just it was it was it was safe you know it was like perfect for what it was right they were just trying to make a Mario movie. And just be true to the character and and the music and the games and like and they talk about so many different games. They didn't have to do Mario Kart, you know. They didn't have to do all these different. They didn't have to have a Tanuki suit and a cat suit. All these different things. But I think what's special is that they still have so much room to grow in terms of. There's still more music, obviously, of course. Give me more Donkey Kong music. We did not get like Donkey Kong Country specifically. Like that series of games has some of the best gaming music out there, and we got none of it here. There's your spinoff. Yeah, you know, as far as music goes, there's your uh, juiciest, you know, piece of fruit. Think about Luigi's Mansion music too. Great so good, music, <laughs> and I think they have so. And this is goes away from the music, but it's also connected. There's so many other characters we haven't gotten into that are missing. Oh, you yeah. know that that we still have like Yoshi's Waluigi, Luigi, Yoshi. And, Yoshi's yeah. the big one, obviously. Mm-hmm. And Yoshi, by the way, imagine. I hope Yoshi doesn't talk. Please, God, no. I really hope Adam Yoshi's Driver's more like. Voice. The, <laughs> I hope yeah. Yoshi's more like the toothless to hiccup in how well, I think Dragon. he's gonna say he's oh, gonna say cool. the things he says. He's gonna come up and he's gonna go Yoshi and Yoshi. yeah, and like that's it <laughs> exactly. But I hope he is kind of like the the pet, you know. Oh, so good. Little green characters that never talk always go well. It's gonna be great. Um, Jack, uh, as somebody who's not you know embedded into the games, did the music hit for you? Obviously, you're familiar with these themes. The you know, mm-hmm. like here, here's my question: as somebody who hasn't really played a ton of the games, when they went underground and we hear do 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 do, like did you get hyped? Because like I got chills up my back when the do 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 came in the first time. <laughs> it's so funny you say that, Matt, because there was so much I didn't remember about the games that I remembered as I was watching this movie and specifically that moment and like all the different sound effects too. It was, it was just like, Oh my God, that's right. Oh my God, that's right. Uh, And I would turn to law. I was like, remember? And she's like, yeah, I remember, by the way, she loved this movie. My fiance loved this movie. I remember. Um, But yeah, the the music was great. It it brought me in, I think a lot more than I would have been if, if it was just a little bit more, I don't know, not as, not as, Mario, if you will, like not basic as the, in music. the Mario style. Yeah, yeah just basic kind of basic, like there's, been a, there's been a trend in 
like in this age that we're living in now where we are getting these video game adaptations, there's been a trend over the last few years with these where we're not, they, they feel very, I think the last of us was probably the first example where all the musical themes were there. Everything I could have wanted mm. were there, but like the halo series we got last year had zero, none, nothing and from the uncharted. Game. Doesn't enough uncharted. uncharted goes you had basic. a little, there's a little wow. ting of that theme in there, but and well, that's the something end, that, there's that scene, but yeah, there's something but, that, that per, that these studios and people making these shows and movies have stayed very far away from and it's like no like like embrace lean it. into that it, yes yeah. exactly mm-hmm. lean it because these themes like i loved it especially like with the last of us where it is like the theme of the show is the that is the theme of the last of us from just straight like pulled straight from the game and i love it because it was good then it's going to be good now yeah. yeah and it honestly not to bring this back to star wars but like when ahsoka was brought into the mandalorian season two they had her theme in there. Imagine if they yeah. didn't have the Ahsoka theme. It's like, it, it's just another well, anytime extra we hear level the force that theme. you get. Anytime you hear a Darth Vader right. theme. When Rey mm-hmm. comes back in a couple years. Oh my oh. God. <laughs> it's going to be all sad and piano-y. Yeah, exactly. It's gonna be so oh, I hope it opens with it. I hope it opens with it. It's going to be so sick. Yeah, no, the music, the music definitely sold the show. Like, in my opinion, Chris Pratt and Brian Tyler are the MVPs of this movie. I pre-ordered the vinyl yesterday. It's coming. Hell yeah. Nice. Oh, it's going to be a rainbow vinyl, Klein. No, there's a green one and a red one. Oh, it's a dual. Which one did you guess? Yeah, I like that though. I no, like they're that. together. Mario it's a Luigi. dual set. Oh, a rainbow wow. one. Also. You can that. also well, buy. Talking. You can buy Peaches by Jack Black on a single if you want it. Uh, <laughs> Is ridiculous. it a peach? It's like a peach emoji. Um, go find a video of Jack Black singing "Wicked Game" on YouTube. It's fucking magical, man. Um, my piece of good popcorn is just. I'm a hyperbolistic person. I often am. This is my favorite thing ever. This is my favorite thing since this. I, I, I've I never seen anything. I'm not going to say this is the best looking animated movie I've ever seen. But up there to add that to, to adapt 8-bit and just how classic the Mario 8-bit is in 16. You know, obviously we go throughout the line up to 64 and beyond um, to adapt it in such a way that just immerses you in the color and the the energy and the kinetic movement of this movie, the every every 2D scene we get, every time we go from 2D to now, you're on the panel and you're playing Mario 64 at that point. And and you know, the Mario Kart thing where you know they had the camera and then they did the zoom in, and it's just the the visuals of this movie, I think, are so just spot on at every turn and also at the same time i'm stunned at how beautiful it is like to be so accurate but also so aesthetically pleasing for a video game that started on 8-bit is just such a feat for me and it all comes down to the iconic things they got perfect but also when the rainbow road breaks and we get the water with the pieces of the rainbow road and then we're in the eel with the like what an inspired choice that like you know it could have just been a cool field of magic fire flowers like like that could have been cool but like we know what the rainbow road is so when those colors are floating around we all have that click mo- oh my god it's because it's the rainbow road right everything about that you talked about tlc with the music klein i think just as much with the visuals and just how mm. much it immersed me in a world that i'm so familiar with but i felt like i was being introduced to all over again and i oh sorry klein, you can go Oh, what I was going to say is with the the use the design of the world and all that, I think something they did really smart was they didn't feel too 
tied down by the design of Mario. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and his friends and this universe because basically since 64 Mario has had the same art style, the same design. Mm-hmm. Before that we yeah. were changing it up. We got this cool cool watercolor mm-hmm. of Yoshi's Island and Super Mario World looks completely different than that. But since then, since 64, it's kind of looked the same and they yes, these all these designs are very very much pulled from that but they tweaked little things here and there like the eye specifically the eyes of the characters are just slightly different and it makes it and i i like it a lot more i like the it makes them able to express i think a lot more Mm -hmm. very easily and i like that that these animators the people designing this world did not feel okay we need to we need to do tie ourselves down to the exact design everything needs to be like i know if you do anything Simpsons related, they make you every spike of Lisa's hair has to be yep. exactly what it is. And there's, and I found that this, it was a very cool adaptation, which that's what this is a video game adaptation, mm-hmm. but it was a very cool adaptation of what that could be and putting it onto film. One of the best I, adaptations I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think mm-hmm. kind of the other side of that coin of what Klein just said was that. I thought it was so true to the characters though, too, you know, like they really mm-hmm. were like this, f- Nothing felt, ooh, that doesn't look right. I never had that moment. And I thought I might. I thought I might. There might be one time where it's like, ah, that doesn't seem right. Everything I thought was perfect. I thought everything was brought to life in a very special way. And I do think the 3D Mario games, starting in 64, going all the way to Odyssey, help with like coming up with ideas and renderings and stuff. Because mm-hmm. it, it's basically there for you. You just have to kind of animate their face a little more. Like Klein talked about the eyes, but like their body form and all these things and like how how the clothes lay on them and how the suits go on them and the power ups like the power ups are so cool. That's a part of this, like how they looked and how they felt in the cart. And, you know, Rainbow Road breaking was such a special mm-hmm. moment to me, you know, like the blue shell doesn't just get you. It destroys the, the track, <laughs> which I think they could implement in the game. I think it'd be pretty cool. Um, but anyway, I, I thought it looked wonderful. I thought Bowser specifically looked great. I want to shout out how long it took to render Bowser, because if you just look at his scales and everything about him, he thought he I thought and I saw this in IMAX, like the biggest, baddest screen. It looked amazing. I think in the most and the simplest form of entertainment, it looks very visually pleasing. Yes. It's super colorful, vibrant, and every character's interesting to look at, which I think is part of the, the Mario special sauce. You know, every all these characters are so unique and different and perfectly unique. And I think if you never know, if you didn't know what Mario was, you wouldn't watch that movie, you'd be like, what was that? But those that grow up playing it and just being aware of it, it's like, wow, they are really yeah. doing this justice. Yeah, and I think that there was also like a good combination of like realism, but also not being afraid to do the game thing. Like there were a couple moments, the Mario Kart scene, and then also when at the very end when Mario hits his alarm, I thought we were in a real movie. Like I mm. thought it was live action first. The water looks really, really good too. The yeah. alarm mm-hmm. looked like the beginning of Spider-Man PS4 when they put it on PS5. That's what it <laughs> felt like to me. But at the same time, when Peach looks at Mario, oh my God, you're human. He She pulls his ear and his nose. And it does the Mario 64 thing where it stretches his face a little bit. I'm like, so much great decision making in the intricacies of the animation. Um, And that brings us on to, I just want to keep in mind, two hours into this thing. We are now getting to bad popcorn. So let's get through them real quick. Uh, Speaking of length, David, we have gone longer than the Mario movie. Talk to me about the length of this film. Yeah, this is actually really short. I had to come up with something because, like I said, I love this movie. Um, (laughs) I I wish it was longer. I wish it was longer. And I think I'll tell you why. 
for a couple of specific <laughs> reasons. There are some moments. Um, one that comes out uh, that sticks out in my mind when it's him and DK, and it's that moment of their they're having that connection with you know that kind of like heart to heart where the like turn they're, happens. Their dads, I uh, think they're failures, you know, and like they connect over this, and it gives you like half a second to sit on it. Like, give me just yeah. an extra minute, or, you know, even an extra like a couple of seconds. There's little things like that. Talked about the galaxy point up like peach telling her backstory i don't know where i came from there's little things i think they were really trying to trim this and maybe part of it is this is playing in a lot of theaters ladies and gentlemen because it is only 90 minutes long and they can crank this thing out you can go <laughs> anytime at your local theater let me tell you um but they really were trying i think super speed like uh, speed run is a good way of putting it hey. through the movie because they didn't let some things sit. I think they could have a little bit more, especially once it gets from Brooklyn to the Mushroom Kingdom. You are just going like mm-hmm. it is just full throttle ahead. And then it ends. And Luma's like, wow, it's the ending. Is this actually a positive thing? <laughs> so like good. <laughs> yeah, I just wish it. No, obviously, I wanted to be longer because I was enjoying myself so much. But I also think it could have given us a little bit of more time to breathe. So that's my only real nitpick here. I will flag some pushback as someone who's not, you know, 110% bought into Mario. I wasn't bothered by the shitty plot. Yep. A couple more minutes more, I think I would have been. Mm-hmm. I say, I think that one of the reasons you love this movie so much, David, is because every second there is something for you to cheer about. I think you even like, I mean, when you, if this was a two hour movie, I think the problems with the movie would stick out like sore thumbs to you. Right. Perfect. So I have no complaints. Good. All right. <laughs> yes. episode of Mandalorian the other day he goes you know what no bad popcorn okay. <laughs> um, oh, Jack, we move on to you know probably our biggest piece of bad popcorn on this list is the comedy it did not work for you yeah I I feel like I should change this bad popcorn to disappointing popcorn uh, because like there was comedy that definitely did work for me um, there were moments where I did like belly laugh laugh out loud but I wanted a little bit more and I don't know. I just kind of went in expecting it's like, you know what? It's a kid's movie. Like I, I really just want to have like a good time, which I did, but I was also expecting to just have a lot of laughs and there weren't a lot of audible like laughs for me. Um, there are a couple moments that I think of like when he's throwing up the mushrooms and as he's throwing up, he shrinks back down that I don't know why that just got me really good. That's a good visual. But um, there were, there were moments where I was like, like everyone's laughing and kids are laughing but adults are laughing too i'm like i'm not laughing and for me as someone who's not the biggest mario fan that does take away from the movie um more than maybe some others so it it was just i i left out i left the theater just kind of thinking it's like yeah it was it was a good time but i wanted to enjoy myself a little bit more than i did it's like kind of the reverse Marvel take, like with a Love and thunder or a quantum mania i always say more fun than good this was more cool than funny Yes, that's you know, a perfect way of putting it, Matt. Yeah. So I think this could be fun real quick around the horn. Everybody's least and most favorite joke um, in the movie. Can, I, I can go first if we need time to think about it. Uh, My favorite's definitely Luma, Luma being like suicidal or however you want to yeah, call it. I, I had to go Luma too. The thing. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, I, my favorite was the um, Jack Black peach peaches peaches like it's just it's It's so it's so good least favorite i can't even think of any because i do i'm with you here jack it's part of my bad popcorn as well is just this is this is an illumination movie this is what it Mm -hmm. is instead of being a movie for like a pixar movie where 
there is a lot that plays with both illumination is very traditionally like we are we are aiming for kids and we're not aiming for kids 12 to 14 we're aiming for kids seven and under Mm -hmm. and so a lot of it is just that very baseline like which i'm i'm in degenerate so Mm -hmm. i usually laugh at it but some of this stuff even i was not like not into when it comes to the comedy you see, I as somebody who doesn't frequent a ton of illumination stuff, like I'm not a minions guy at all. Like I've seen the first one, the, the first despicable me, that's it. Um, but there are some like classic uh illumination jokes in here that I always find funny. For example, uh prisoners, you've been invited to the royal wedding, one guy. Yeah. And they do that a bunch of times in this movie. Or I like the stupid times. penguin thing at the beginning where they're pelting them with the snowballs and they bring Ooh. out I love they bring out the catapult with the ice on it. It just goes yeah. thunk. And like it's it's really, really low, low bar humor, but right. some of it but, is. Now the one thing that I'm not kidding, I was laughing so hard. This little fucking general toad, man. Yep. With the voice of God. <laughs> he was perfect. We had already met a bunch of toads first, but when he comes in and Bowser is coming to destroy the mushroom kingdom, I was like, <laughs> this is the perfect character. Make a movie about him. That's, that's what I'll say. <laughs> that, that, that feels like an illumination joke, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the juxtaposition. Yeah. I laughed more at you doing that, Matt, than I did actually like in the yep, movie. Same. And maybe I think that might be the thing that's kind of bugging me. Cause like what like even that moment you just said about the one guy's going, yeah, like I laughed more at you doing it than I did while watching the movie. I don't know why. It just kind of didn't work for me. I thought like King Bobom getting lit up. Oh, I sad. started laughing so hard. What he got when I like I liked when he came into the wedding. It was just like kind of like shuffling. Like it was like he was oh, awesome. Let me buy, I love him and so King big. Boo. Were big. I pointed and like giggled and started like saying things when they popped up. I'm like, oh my god, there they are. Mario 64 is my favorite Mario game. Yeah, and like when they came in, I said out loud, "I go, of course, of course, they're invited to this wedding. Who else?" Speaking of 64, Matt, didn't we want one of those pictures to wiggle a little bit? You know, I loved all the, wouldn't that I loved all the, uh, the paintings and stuff. That was so cool. I, and then give me a the wiggle. hallway did it for me. The, the hallway was <laughs> with the uh, in the middle of her castle that turns over and is the war table. Like yeah. that, that was, was amazing. Because <laughs> that's how you get into the the cloud level, right? You got to go through yeah. the sundial. Yeah. yeah, so sick. The the David, I was gonna say like, man, I wish we would have jumped through a picture. I wish we would have jumped through the pane glass, and it ended up not being like a portal. It ended up just being glass, and he oh, breaks yeah. everything. <laughs> but yeah, the hallway <laughs> of levels was enough for me. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, they did the thing. Um, my bad popcorn, guys. What is my favorite MCU movie? Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy. Galaxy. And what does Guardians of the Galaxy do better than any other comic book movie? Needle drops. Music. This movie. Oh, don't get me started, man. It was egregious. It was Shrek. It wasn't just the choices. It was Shrek. You're absolutely right. It was Shrek. Sleep till Brooklyn. It wasn't just the choices. It was the audacity to put Mr. Blue Sky, Thunderstruck, No Sleep Till Brooklyn, and Holding Out for a Hero in the same movie. Huh? Take, take on, on me. me. Oh my god, oh my god. I forgot take about take on me. On me. I forgot Apparently, there's a cut of that scene out there that has a Donkey Kong song playing. Perfect. And oh, it's amazing. It. And then I they changed it. it to Take On Me. Yep. That is the ceiling for me on this movie. Like, I know the needle drops are an inconsequential thing. It's distracting as hell throughout this movie how often they don't use a Mario theme. And and the, the biggest one for me is holding out for a hero. 
It's oh, this is three weeks in a row we have heard holding out for a hero. With. <laughs> and and I would not be shocked if I went to go see this air movie and it's in that too. <laughs> 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 you know, it's, it's getting rough out here to the streets, guys. And I we need a Guardians movie more than anything in the world to re-up our uh, needle drop phenomenon. Because like Yellow Brick Road wasn't in Ant-Man, right? No, I don't think it was in the think movie. so. Yeah, like like that was like when I was getting the vibes back. Like, ooh, we're back to MCU needle drop. No, it wasn't. Again. Yeah, but then it wasn't in the movie. We need this Guardians movie because this Mario movie pissed me off with the needle drops. That's all I'll say. And this I is another Illumination thing. Like, this is another thing that Illumination is known for is mm-hmm. dropping these popular songs and comes back to yeah, my pop, my bad popcorn of it all was just that Illumination. The Illumination of it all is beautiful, but yeah, these tropes of the needle drops and the just like. <laughs> No time to rest at all. Zero, none. Yeah. It just goes and goes and goes. It makes me it. I love. I do love what this movie did, but it does make me kind of wonder what would have a Lord and Miller Ugh. Mario movie looked like. What would have a Pixar Mario movie oh, looked like? Man. I think it would have been just like this, but without all the attractions. Right? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think a Pixar. Look, I love Pixar. I think they would have like taken Mario and ran with it in a whole different miller direction is the better like lord and miller i think, miller, yeah, I think a is lord and miller mario movie would have been like 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 generational yeah because <laughs> to me it's like lego movie the original lego movie is a better movie than this you know 100%. it's got a better like story to it's it. a great movie it yeah. is i enjoy this one more like sure. I, it's because it, it, back to my stupid piece piece of uh, bad popcorn because it is so tight like it is so yeah. it's 90 minutes it, it, you can just i could rewatch it over and over it's like so much fun that's what kids are going to be doing on peacock in about mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. three months by the way i think there is maybe a fine line there but i think there's room i think there is room where we the next mario movie or whatever spinoff doesn't have to be exactly like this i think this was a really good baseline for like okay this is mario this is the vibe and we can expand from there we can grow from here so i'm with that i'm with that it's the audacity to put them all together (laughs) you know what i mean like there's so many of them the take Um, on me one was the worst i'm fine the no sleep till brooklyn one that actually i i dug that because they're in brooklyn they're in the real world but when you're playing licensed music in the mushroom kingdom it bugged me it was weird and 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 for the first one to not just be on the one one level or no What's the course? It's just a training course. There's no, that's not. Oh, I like, thought it was like a level. No, um, it's not from a level. But like for, you know, it's the first time we see the the spinning balls and the cubes pop up the way that they mm-hmm. do. And all that Prana stuff. Plants. And to play a licensed yeah. song there is wild. To play the licensed song there, double wild. And it, yeah, it, it bugged me. But um, let's do this. Let's go into the, mm, how can we Marioize the sports center theme? um i'm gonna just go through them you guys yeah, have to fly through, through these dude put your hand up if you have something to say about any of these the first one i want to spend some time on because yeah. that what a cool easter egg this is klein and you can probably talk about it more the brooklyn uh the first 2d we get is just brooklyn streets but the layout in the format is world one one in the original super mario brothers game yeah, I think that this is like the Easter egg yeah. for me because the first time when it, it when they ran through it, I'm like, wait a second, I know this, and then they get to the flagpole at the very end, and I, it just it clicked for a second, and I'm like, I was like, oh my god, like that isn't just a Mario level, like that is one one in the streets of Brooklyn. I think that is so cool, and as I said, like 
TLC. Like that is those kind of touches in this elevate this experience for me. And if you've never played a Mario game, stuff like that's not going to hit. But for me, that's like one of the highlights of the movie. I was so in starting with that. Oh my God. When that (laughs) happened, the exact same thing. The flagpole. I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is going to be amazing. That was such a unique because they weren't in the Mushroom Kingdom yet, where it's uh-huh. still it's more in your face. Like this was like, wow, that is. And they moved the reference. camera, so it it looks two D. Like, oh, it's I'm, so good. I think that because so when you think, how are they going to do a Mario movie? How are they going to do a Mario movie? How are they going to do a Mario movie? Because to a lot of people, Mario was nineteen eighty five. That two D from one side of the screen to the other, and that's when video games stopped. And yeah. it's completely relevant by some of these review headlines. Go read them. Um, but oh my god you should have seen i saw one yesterday it said mario the mario movie has about as much charm as an unplugged game boy when have you ever plugged a game boy in ever those things were not bad (laughs) um anyways but yeah like it is that's amazing this is this is how you do that this is how you honor that 2d legacy that's so funny yeah I, i did nope I didn't even know that this, like, I thought it was just like a funny story. I was like, oh, they're setting up that he's going to be good, like, whenever he goes mm-hmm. into like, the world. Like, I, didn't, I didn't even realize it. It's so that's, a that's recreation really of cool. the first Mario. I could probably play that level with my eyes closed. I played yeah. that first level of the first Mario Bros. The soul would glide right through it. I liked how, but, by the way, it was in that specifically, I was focusing on how, like, Mario's, like, whizzing through it while Luigi's kind of, like, needing help. And I liked yeah. how they kind of, they kind of stuck. I was trying, I want a little bit more, like, I don't know, uh, specifically the super mario bros wii u um where you can play as mario and then there's like a dlc for luigi and they have very mm-hmm. different like playing styles like in well, mario luigi, traditionally he jumps higher he has jumps, a little flitter jump he does and he and he's a little more out of control too like he kind of like he like his feet kind of like wiggle he doesn't he can't like stop on a dime you know yeah. while mario is always like all around good and <laughs> A little references like that, right? Where it's like Luigi's a little more out of control, not mm-hmm. quite as good, but it has his own kind of attributes. I actually wanted, if I have smallest nitpick in the world, the very, very ending with the star, which there's a little more like dynamic between Mario and Luigi's style. I Differences? Guess. Yeah, because they just, they just fought the exact same way. They're basically like a mirror, you know, which was cool. It was like a team up moment. like they but... got the tailspin in at the end with Bowser. Ah, dude, that this double tailspin was more than I ever could have. So imagined. good. The tailspin was amazing. I wish we could have thrown a bomb off a ledge. That's just one thing I wish we could have done. <laughs> only Everybody one ground pound, dead. or no? He's I guess there's a few ground pounds, but like really only like that one. Well, the big flip, one. The yeah. the big one was sick because it was yeah. during the Donkey Kong double run. Um. All right, now we got to fly through them a little bit okay, more. My okay. favorite one was the GameCube ringtone. That's my favorite Easter egg in this entire movie. It was perfect. Definition um, of Easter egg right there. Absolutely. Going inside the pipes. No one's ever thought of it. Mario's getting his ass kicked in there, man. So funny. <laughs> so funny. Um, Dry Bones, we talked about. General Toad, we talked about. The DK rap unlocked a memory in my brain. I forgot that existed. DK um, you uncredited can in the movie, the I dancing. will say. Very quickly, the guy who wrote that, uncredited on the film. Just illumination, everyone fix the mistake. Boycott the movie. It's done. <laughs> We're canceling Mario. It's working. It's too late. We've seen it. <laughs> yeah, right? Damn it. Um the Tanuki suit obviously was, oh. you know, like for so many Mario three fans. Oh, I know. So uh, good. <laughs> I was so pumped. Yeah, it was sick and it was done. Well, I will say we saw a lot of this in the trailer, like a lot Too of it. Much. Well, that's what happens when you have a 92 minute movie. Yeah. <laughs> you release like eight trailers. It's fair enough. That's an excellent point there. Clyde. Uh, the Luma was, you know, a scene stealer uh, by all accounts. 
the choose your cart scene we talked about, uh, Jack, uh, real quick, just so you can get a little word and edgewise here. Did you feel like you were back? Like, you know, on a oh couch with your God. friends? Yeah. Yes. Holy shit. When this moment happened, I was like, choose, I was like, I want to choose my cart. Let's go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome moment. Yeah. And I know it's an illumination joke, but Toad rolling in on the big truck. Still oh. funny. It was still funny. <laughs> that was a good Loved one. It. That was a good joke. I like they kept <laughs> Mario's very just it is a Mario Kart. Like that's in- that's my Mario Kart. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And and honestly, like, like Toad getting a mo- uh and Peach on the bike. Getting a bike worked for some reason. Like yeah. I thought DK like, with the big rockets in the back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Peach got a little slighted here. I will say that's my favorite Mario character. I wish Peach got a little more love in the uh, Mario. She's no Rosalina. Give me Daisy next round. Rosalina's hot. Um, The Peach's song, the blue shell moment. I wish the blue shell hadn't talked. I know it's very anime to say your thing before you do your thing. I wish he didn't say a word. That would have been cool. Mm. Um, uh, Mario Kart nods for me when he jumped off the bridge. That little ramp up you get. I was like, yes, because you go a little faster sometimes. It's it's very And the shortcut. The The shortcut, shortcut just... The, the 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 pacing of it i was like that's exactly when you do the shortcut mm-hmm. and Very i think cool. i, I want to shout out one like jumping onto a koopa and it becoming a shell yes. and being able to throw that shell well, and the, the noise wedding, the, like doink during the wedding the shell the koopa beside the uh, <laughs> bomb bomb starts <laughs> yes. bouncing back yeah. and forth yeah. yeah so stop it <laughs> and there's the one too in that same scene right where bowser uh torches a koopa and it becomes a dry bones <laughs> drama yes. yeah love that <laughs> um bullet bill being called bullet bill and getting its attention moment? yeah oh i thought that was just like what we called it like as what, fans. bullet bills no bullet those bills. are called there's also bonsai bills which are the big ones sounds racist yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um the getting its attention thing like hitting it in the eye is that canon? The no. okay, no, not the hitting in the eye, but getting so like there's heat seeking ones where you can mm-hmm. get it to their attention, then you like you, you yeah, you like you lead it to something. Normally, like in galaxy, you like get their attention, then you like and have to like can... lead it through some sort of like maze kind of to like get it to open like this like shell to then get the star or whatever. Something Mario I really, really said cool fo- with the bullet bill specifically was GameCube. You both played GameCube, Super Smash Brothers Melee, Peach's mm-hmm. Castle stage. Part of the whole thing is a bullet bill will come down and like lot like lodge itself in the top of it and that's what it's doing like it's coming straight towards oh, it just so like nice. it would in melee oh my gosh that's what and it, then that's he gets the attention doing. and it i, doesn't I happen, dude but. we got like little super smash brother hints here like the donkey kong scene had a little like you know obviously we got all the donkey moves the way DK during fought. that scene yeah but man dude when we start getting other move sets and oh, by the way like, you notice mario how mario Mario never got the the flower, either the fire flower or like yeah, the ice flower. Like only that. Peach I used them. I, they're saving I it. I think the they they gave yeah. him the cat suit, they gave him Tanuki, but they didn't get him they the gave fire. Donkey Kong a fire flower, which is which is new. That, that was, was pretty cool. That was sick was though. Cool. I thought. Yeah. He's do you want to do this? Yes, I do. <laughs> um, I will say when he was in the cat suit doing the zigzag jumps. Pikachu's coming, guys. It's gonna be <laughs> upbeat live action on Netflix. Stop <laughs> it. I, I want it so bad. Um, sad. <laughs> that was my live action Pikachu voice. Vin Diesel's voice like Pikachu. Lawrence Fishburne. And Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> they might. You never know. Long man. live the game. You just said Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel voice is one of the cutest animated characters to Fair ever enough. live. <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't have but Groot doesn't have like a precedent of going i am Groot. fair enough fair <laughs> enough yep yep we, we all know what pikachu sounds like um and then of course the post credit scene 
could have called this from a mile away. When, yep, that, yep. when that A got dropped off on oh that table, God. I'm like, there's your post-credits yep. scene right there. I, Yoshi. I did a genuine point in the theater when the Yoshis ran by. I like yeah. literally was like, oh and my God. That's like know? Melee with like the beginning yes. video with the whole yeah. group of them running. The scariest level of that game is when you get swarmed by all the Yoshis. It's hard to get out. Um, yeah. It's just like Galaxy, by the way. Like Galaxy's not in Super Mario Galaxy 1. You don't really have Yoshi. He's not really around. And then Galaxy 2, Yoshi's like a main part of the game. And can't wait. Yeah. Can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, that has been Super Mario Brothers. Jack, um, if we want to hear Thomas Carter Rochester and you talk more about the higher public, where could we do that? You can find that on Reckless Rebellion. It's a podcast, Star Wars podcast on never all your podcast it. feeds. Oh, you never heard of it, Clint? That's interesting. You got to promote that show, by the way. You don't do enough on the social media. So <laughs> I'm just kidding. Clint has been crushing our social media game. You can find that at Reckless Rebels on Twitter. He's been doing fantastic work there. Getting into Photoshop. It's been fantastic. Well, um, you can also find me. Key impression. <laughs> <laughs> you guys will find me on twitter at jack Pews. it's p-o-e-s all one word where i usually respond to a bunch of star wars stuff especially lately because star wars celebration mando finale prediction jack real quick oh god din jaron dies Love what it. no why not that's my, that, that's my prediction why not <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> he's been pushed in the, the post credit scene <laughs> the dirt like rises off of his cast <laughs> and then all of a sudden Somehow in, he uh, returned in the movie he's like got some dumb mustache anyway he's actually a skywalker klein um we can obviously find you on reckless rebels but if we want to talk to if we want to hear you talk more about video games where can we do that uh you can find our video game show with i think tom has tom been on here before tom yes. drew from the one of our okay, first so. guests with Tom Drew and Lauren Rouse from the direct.com called Controller Club. Find it podcast services everywhere. We're going to do a whole two-hour podcast probably in the next week on just Mario. It'll just be Mario. And yes. then talking about where do we go from here? Come on, Nintendo. Give us that Legend of Zelda movie. Give us that Metroid movie. Like, let's make it happen. <laughs> let's I assemble. want the Smash Brothers endgame. Come on, it's time. The NCU is here. Yep. I can't oh, wait. I can't wait. <laughs> and you can find me everywhere um, on social media. I'm at the Kleinfeld, T H E K L E I N F E L T. Awesome. And you can listen to me and David review The Mandalorian, Chapter 23, the Jordan episode of The Mandalorian next week, right here on the Direct Podcast. David, close us off with one last wahoo. Wahoo! Peaches, 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 peaches.